awesome fox. Hello, how y'all doing? Welcome back. My name is Ryan Khan and this is Jumping Trains. We've got a very special treat today because we are going behind the scenes of Boniface. Boniface, 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 Boniface. If you are listening to this podcast and you have not seen Boniface, check it out now. You can find it on the Mondo Bizarro Moving Picture Company uh, YouTube channel. Boniface is the first full-length film by Mondo Bizarro Bizarro Moving Picture Company. That is uh, MBMPC. It's a lot of fun, guys. I like to think of it as a modern-day Monty Python on the Holy Grail. Uh, but I, I'm a little more attached to it because I, I, I grew up with a lot of these faces, um, or at least I did in my high school years. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's only an hour long, but it's a very entertaining hour. Now, uh, for the podcast today, I have the talent and the brains behind Boniface. Tristan Smith was the writer slash director, and John Walker, uh, the main actor who played Boniface. And today we're going to talk about some of the nitty-gritty behind-the-scenes details, some of the uh, toils and and turmoil that went into making this film, and uh, how they uh, overcame some of the conflicts. Because uh, as you know, when we watch uh, a fully completed work of art, all we're seeing is the finished details that the artist wants us to see. But what we don't see is all the pain and blood and sweat that went into making that. So I wanted to talk about that today and uh, and uh, just get more of an in-depth feel of uh, both these people because uh, I enjoyed I enjoy talking to them both. And I hope you will enjoy listening. So here you go. I remember my friend threw a, a Edward 40 hands party, but it's in Florida. <laughs> it's the 32 ounces. Yeah. And I'm sitting there like trying to find something to buy and Oh, there's Miller Highlight. I guess I'll get that. And then everyone like caved and didn't do, didn't duct tape it. Oh, so it's just like oh, this for. <laughs> and I'm like, I guess we could have bought real beer. <laughs> I guess I'll just drink it like you know, like uh, a normal person. Yeah, that's a real. You know, alcohol laws are real weird. How we still have them. Like in Florida, you can't have anything over 32 ounces. Yeah, that's like that. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, I was visiting family in Georgia a couple years ago, and they don't even. Uh, in that county there, I mean, they can't sell beer on Sundays. Wow. Strange, like, 1800s rules. Very bizarre. <laughs> Very bizarre. Yeah, well, I mean, especially because everyone, everyone in this state drinks. Exactly. Yeah. This is the Sunshine oh, State. Yeah. It's retirement central so that you can not work and get drunk for the rest it's of the It's a very years. demonic state that we live in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Florida, man. I mean, come on. Oh, uh, Florida, man. Bath salts and beer, baby. But, uh, but alcohol laws get weird. I mean... At least here, you can buy beer till like what two in the morning. Yeah, two in the And you can buy liquor till twelve, right? Oh, is is that the rule of liquor? Probably. I think yeah, so. That sounds about I right. I think so. Yeah. In Virginia, you couldn't buy beer past twelve, and you couldn't buy liquor past ten. Really? Yeah, which sucked because a lot of people didn't even get off work until <laughs> yeah, 10 yeah, exactly. Man, it's very strange. So you had to like you had to like plan out. You had to plan out when you were going to get depressed and want to get shit <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, you have to get the, you have to get your liquor on, on break. Yeah. yeah. Right. This is a real nice setup you have here, Ryan. 
Thanks, man. It's beautiful. Thanks, yeah. I, uh, yeah, the, the pop filter and everything. I'm missing one. I'm missing one pop filter. So we can pop. We know how you are with yeah, popping. Yeah. Pop, pop. <laughs> we had to take, we had to do several takes of uh, one of the dubbing. Well, I don't want to get into it until we start. Yeah. Oh, we can get into it right now. I'm, honestly, I was, I was going to ask about that. Because there was certain scenes that had very clear dubbing over. Yeah. It's, it's hard to dub shit without... Like people know that it's not a dub. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's hard because like you're doing it inside, and inside there's like reverb and shit. Uh-huh. When you're outside, it just goes into the air and disappears. Yeah. You know? So like we should, we really should have done the dub outside. I, but it was such a strenuous pro- process. Not much. I'm sure there's a little bit of latency between watching yourself on uh-huh. screen and trying to make your lips yeah. match. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It, it was very rough. But we only really had to dub one full scene. There were some other dubs. In our, uh, dispersed in the movie, but scene two is what we really dubbed a lot of. But it's the reason why we dubbed it is because there's a fucking airplane going overhead like, through the oh, entire scene. Wow. Yeah. And that so, like, why. with different angles, yeah. in different angles, you have different audio tracks. So, at one angle, you'd hear a, a jet, and then it'd go to the other different angle, and you wouldn't hear it anymore. So it's boop, 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 oh, you know? Geez. Very bad. Yeah. Very bad. It sounded like shit. Oh my god. So, that compared to the dub, the dub's better, but you can still. <laughs> yeah, I, I noticed it. You can, yeah, the dub, I hate dubbing, but whatever. And yeah. if I only fly, there's also a dub scene in that. It's a really shit dub. I think well, it's- I, I honestly, well, I'm sorry to interrupt, but in, uh, and if, I, if, I, if, only, if I could only if fly, I, only fly yeah. I thought that dub was intentional. Oh, like, no. In, in it's like you're on the fucking highway head. on the bridge. Oh, yeah, yeah. I realized yeah. that. I realized that halfway <laughs> through. I was like, oh, you can't do audio yeah, there. It's exactly. just pure motor. Exactly. Motor and not only that, but it was my voice for both characters doing that dub. Really? I just uh, altered the pitch. Actually, before we get into it, can, where's your restroom? Uh, it's This whole house is just a big circle. If you walk into that room and then through the next door and then through the next door. Okay. Yeah. I can't even say the whole house is a bathroom. <laughs> the whole house is a bathroom. Take a piss anyway. Yeah, just, just is, uh, is there a vaping oh, rule in here? Uh, yeah, no vaping. Really? I'm just kidding. No, go, go ahead. Go ahead. ahead. Come on. Say, my nicotine addiction, but I, I won't be able to do that, Ryan. I, I, I gotta go. This isn't a government establishment, man. Fucking <laughs> oil, oil drilling and fucking vape in the same uh, amendment. You know, really? Yeah, during the midterms, the last election, whatever, they, uh... It, it was they shared an amendment. I forget which amendment it was, but it was like anti-offshore drilling and uh, no vaping indoors in public areas. Wow! And so it's like, all right, well, you. I hope you feel the same about both topics because you're going to have to vote for both of them. Right? <laughs> That's so so like, yeah. Up. So if you uh, don't like offshore drilling but you like vaping, you're out of luck. Sorry, bitch. That's that should yeah. be illegal. But that that's just like the dumb fucking political, of like course. bureaucratic shit. Of you course, know? They, I mean they did that by design. They did that by design. 100%. Of course, because they know that a lot of people don't like offshore drilling. I don't like offshore drilling, you know, and uh, but I love vaping, so I'm gonna have to vote for the greater evil, you know. So what was the, what was the law? What, what's what's the law actually state? It's it was to ban offshore drilling in Florida. No, I mean I mean in terms of uh, vaping. Oh, in vaping, public, um, you can't because because it was. Like, say you go and you walk in like Burger King and you start vaping. If they tell you to stop, that's just a policy for the restaurant. Now it's a state law that you can't vape inside. And you can get arrested for it, probably, or something. I'm sure you. If not, it's not. It's not arrest. You probably get a big fine. But like vape parlors, like like vape shops, you can still vape in there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, it's a big fucking dumb shit show. Us vapers are being, you know, oppressed. (laughs) I don't like it. Vapors are the most oppressed race on earth. Oh yeah, of course, of course. 
so it's, it must be hard, man. It's very hard. <laughs> <laughs> You're on a vapor. I see a, uh, a vial of vape over there. Vape juice. Is there really? That's not mine. On the top shelf. It's not mine. Dino. Is that Dino? It says. I see a crocodile. Uh, what? No, no. Uh, on this. Uh, oh, oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Second, uh, the first shelf down. Maybe it says Mono. From YouTube. The only, the only, the only dab rigs I ever got, I found on the side of the road. There were two of them. Jesus. One worked for a month. <laughs> where, where were you walking on the side of the road to find that? Next to DSU. Oh, yeah, yeah that's side that's College City. That's where you have to go. Yeah. Daytona campus or New Smyrna campus? New Smyrna. Mm. Yeah, a lot of people walking around. Yeah, I, I was going to class one day and I found a bunch, uh, a bunch of fucking empty beer bottles. A lot of beer campus smashed on the parking lot ground. I said, yeah, this really is a community college, isn't it? Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to have it any other way. That's how you know you're home. Exactly. That's yeah. how you Yeah. Good old NSB. I love it. What can I say? I love my little beef stone. Yeah, right. So doing the voice acting, like, because you have to, you have to talk, you have to talk, that's so weird, because you have to recreate the moment. It, it's, like, it helped, because the way we had it set up was, the video would be playing, so I could see myself, and I could see, like, my lips moving, so uh-huh. I could... It helped to sync it up with that. Um, like, it was just getting the timing down and, like, understanding my own rhythm and how I spoke. And I'm trying to match the same tone so that way just, like, trying to make it look as good as possible for a dub. And, per, like, it's, it's better to have it dubbed over than to have the airplane noise mm-hmm. in the background. Of course. Um, there ain't no planes in the 716 AD. Exactly. <laughs> 716, that's right on God. Thank you. Is it really? Yeah, 716 nice. AD. <laughs> Very good, Very proud of you. Thanks, you're, a real, you're a real movie aficionado. Uh, I try, I try. Um, yeah, that's that's crazy. Because, I mean, have you ever told a joke in the spur of the moment and then try to retell that joke? Like a, like a week later, and it just have it completely fall flat. <laughs> oh yeah, because there was like one piece of cadence missing, and there's no way to tell where, what what piece of cadence that is. Yep. Yeah, it's just like the way your voice comes out sometimes, the certain tone that you deliver, and the timing of it really. You know, uh, and things will just be funnier then than they are now. How many retakes did you have to do for that scene? Yeah, like, you had to do <laughs> the first few. Segments of it because we did it in segments so that way it wasn't so hectic. Uh, we the first one like I had to do it like probably close to ten times or something like that. But once I started to get the hang of it, it wasn't so bad. Um, and it was just kind of nice because like once you start to catch your pace, uh, you just you just kind of move on through the rest Definitely. of them. Yeah. Um, and then Ian did his stuff part of it. Um, yeah, there's a different there's a different mindset when you're out on set with all the other actors around and you're acting out the part, and then you're sitting in a room exactly. in front of a microphone. You're totally pretending, yeah, exactly. exactly. Like you know, in the footage, you're out in the woods in costume, mm-hmm. you have all your lines memorized, and then you know, five months later, we're in that in a house doing it. Yeah, voices. It's very difficult. Yeah, I mean, the, the, it was really all my fault though, because when we were filming out in the woods, you know. All the scenes in the woods, which is unfortunately like 50% of the movie, it's all, I live right next to an airport, so you hear airplanes constantly, you know, even though we're in a big, four acres of, of, of 
so we really had to take a lot of pauses during filming. Right. And and scene two, the one we had to dub, that was uh, the first scene we did outside. So I wasn't, you know, my microphone's pretty nice. It, it's a Rode VideoMic Pro. It's like almost $300. Wow. And, um, and so I was hearing the airplanes. I was like, I don't know if this is okay that we record during the airplane. So I pulled a Bill O'Reilly and I said, fuck it, we'll do a lot. <laughs> and, uh, and I looked at the footage and I said, oh, well, maybe, maybe I should, uh, you know, be a little more cautious next time. Yeah. You live and learn. Of course. A lot of the movie, a lot of the movie taught me a, a, a lot of things about of filmmaking. Because <laughs> it was the first kind of like narrative film that I did, you know? Yeah. So I learned a lot of shit. A lot of shit. You, and you, it was you and uh, Steve who wrote the script, right? Yeah, yeah. And how, how was that process? I, well, was I wrote it? the majority of the script, and then he came over and we touched it up. We added some Revisions. jokes to it. Yeah, and this, the writing script probably took about three months, I'd say. Uh, how big was it? Uh, thir- 33 pages, I think. Yeah. So, usually they say in a script a page should be a minute long, but we exceeded that. movie was like 53 minutes long. Uh, and a lot of, there are a lot of scenes that were added, too. The, uh, the, the official script is missing probably three scenes I added along the way. Really? Yeah, but I love script writing. It's, it's so much fun. As long as you know the plot and what you're writing about, it's so much fun. You just you just write and think of anything you want and put it in there, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, you did a good job. How was it memorizing of those thirty-two pages? How, how was it memorizing all your parts? Being like the most most. Well, I had the benefit of knowing ahead of time what scenes we were going to do for the day of shooting, and we had it spanned out for basically once a week. On Sunday, I think I think it was Sunday. Monday. Monday. Um, well, Monday is when we filmed. Sunday, I think, was when you learned your lines, right? I think. That's what you told me. Well, because I think it used to be Monday, and then we switched it to Sunday because of Johnny. Yeah. Um, but I would like I would know ahead of time what the scene was, so I had time to learn the lines. But I. I am a terrible procrastinator, <laughs> so I I would either learn, like, I would be a good boy and learn it the day before, or, like, go through it the day before, or I'd go through it the day of before I went out there, uh, but what really got me to help memorize them is just going through the motions, and what we started to do was we would rehearse the scene before we started shooting, mm-hmm. and that helps out a lot. Feel it out. Yeah. How many reshoots did you guys have to do per scene? Was it usually just go, 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 go? Yeah. It's, the reshoots were usually reserved for a different day that was dedicated to reshoots. Yeah. Okay. So, like, I guess it maybe, it maybe wasn't the best thing uh, as a director for me to do, but if, for some reason, if I saw something that was wrong during one of the takes, I'd say, oh, that looks fine. Then later on, I'd look at it and say, oh, well, we have to reshoot this, you know? Yeah. And then also, I don't make storyboards either. So, like, we sometimes forget to do an entirely different angle, you know? Oh. So, like, I'd be editing and looking, where's this fucking angle, you know? Where's this angle? And I'm scrolling through my library and I said, oh, I forgot to film it. Dang. You know? So, like, that happened with oh. the uh, the scene where you sacrifice Ian. Yeah. Is we, we had the, I totally forgot a whole angle of you talking to Johnny. It was very big pain in the ass for me to kick myself, but whatever. I think we also forgot either the angle of me. Uh, like the angle of me, like the back of me, like over yep. Stephen, mm-hmm. or the angle of me, like a, of just my face looking down at Stephen. Yeah, yeah, we forgot that as well. Yeah. So was there just a camera that was sitting, not being used? 
It was no, it was awful with one camera. Yeah. Really? What we do is oh, say, so just did the same scene say there's five times. different angles in the scene. Uh-huh. We just do five different shots. Uh, yeah. yeah, and it works pretty well. No, I mean, I, if you're on a tight budget, you know. No, yeah. I've got. I, I I had a small YouTube channel when I was 16. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I made a film for my uh, etymology class, and I, I used that technique, and it, yeah. worked, it, it does work very well. You can get some pretty good shots. Oh yeah, that. definitely. Um. So, but I, there was a lot to film. I don't think you got the. I mean, how many days in total was where you guys were filming? It, it was basically every uh, when we were on the Monday schedule. It was every Monday for yeah. months. Really? You know, the the it, the whole sh- the the amount it took to shoot it was what five months? I think right. I think like that it started. It started around April May because yeah, it was, it was April. It was late April. April twenty fifth. Yeah, it started because I remember it started. It started before. May the Fourth Day, mm-hmm. uh, Star Wars Day. Yeah, because <laughs> I remember I made my profile picture the the three of us in our monks robe. Nice, I remember that. Nice. Yeah. Um, so it started from April and it ended September. Yeah, wow. September. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now, were you were you memorizing your lines? Because because you would go into the next day with an idea of what you're filming that day. So would you memorize the lines for that day? Like the week preceding it, or uh, before it, uh, or would you? Did you? Did you like take a long time to just go through the entire script and figure out the whole character? I did sit thing? down and read the whole script, so that way I knew the story. Um, so I had the back knowledge of like, oh, this scene happens, and these are like the lines. And a process that really helps me that I learned from one of the directors that I worked with um, is this whole idea process. And what he would do when we would first run a scene for a play is that we would run it three times. And the first time would be like just the simple blocking and you know, you have the scripts out and everything. Uh, and him just telling you like where to go, what to do. And the second scene is just doing that again but without him stopping you. And the third scene is we put down the scripts and we just go off of memory. Because the whole idea or the concept is to remember the idea behind what you're saying, uh-huh. not so much the words. Uh-huh, of it's course. like you could say whatever as long as you're getting the idea across. Of course, of course, improv. Yeah. Was there were there any improv lines, or is everything pretty by the book? It was all pretty much by the book. There were some added lines. There like, were added lines. The scene where Johnny hands me the knife of sacrifice, and it's just like. All right, go go sacrifice this kid, and there's just that silence, and I'm just like, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 that's a funny one. It's just because to me, it felt like you know there just needs to be something said, otherwise there's just this silence. awkward silence. Yeah, exactly. Also, one thing it's uh, improv is is sort of hard when you're doing it with one camera. Yep. Because then you have to remember that you improv that line when you the, the other oh. take as well, you know. So that's yeah. one of the downfalls of not using like two or three cameras. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Have you have you considered doing that in any future projects? Because there are, there are a lot of uh, like newer shows, like Always Sunny in Philadelphia, amazing show. Oh, of course, all, yeah. all like apparently that's all improv. Like they just go over. The yeah, that's right. But that's not a Trailer Park Boys is also improv. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. They have a loose guideline in the episode, and they just kind of riff. Yeah. Yeah. I love that concept. Yeah. No. It, Improv would definitely be a very cool uh, format for a movie, you know? But like I said, I had a couple cameras. But that's, you know, like, you can buy a $600 camera. You can save your money up like, for a year and buy one, you know? Is that is that is that what you're working with? The now? one I'm working with, it's a Lumix G7. It's, uh, yeah, it was about 650 mm-hmm. which is 
an okay price, you know. If you want the real cinematic stuff, you, it has like a thousand and up, you know. Yeah. But this can shoot a 1080p. If you have a computer for it, you can shoot 4K. 4K in, in air quotes, you know. But yeah. it's, it's definitely <laughs> higher than 1080p. But with with this, I was editing on a laptop, so I couldn't process the 4K footage. So we had to shoot in 1080p. Yeah. Oh. But I bought a, uh, um, a uh, an iMac recently. I don't so, think there's yeah. anyone disappointed about the lack of 4K. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wait a minute, Boniface yeah. is a 4K? Yeah. Screw yeah. this! Yeah, and we're, we're going to do a 3D adaptation soon. So. Oh, yeah? yeah nice! And Disney Real D 3D. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. I thought we were going to have Boniface 2 and then Boniface 3D. Yeah. Just... <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's going to be musical. So you'll really be able to yeah. smell the lack of bathing. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> you can smell the gangrenous skin. <laughs> yeah. The game awesome. Like game <laughs> That was kind of that wasn't in the script. We kind of added that in. Yeah, you know, that's, a, that's a good. That's a good bit right yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, everyone had gangrene back then. Yeah, there were there were a few lines where they would Tristan or Stephen say, "Let's try, uh, you know, saying this instead." Um, and in fact, the the line where they're like, "Oh, where are you from?" When we're disguised as the pagans, and I say, "Gape, uh, Gape, Missouri." Missouri. Yeah. <laughs> we went through like a good ten or so different like <laughs> options. Okay, yeah. many different forms of uh, which town he was from, it, and, and you know, gauging how the audience responded to it, Gape wasn't the best take we did because no one laughed at that. I'll, I'll, like I'll a gay asshole, that's what we were going for, but you know, it's... Like, I just don't think <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like, gate. Yeah, because yeah, uh, it, it could sound like gate, or, you know, but... Yeah, the, it did, it did. I mean, yeah. being, being in that room, I think the audio kind of missed that, missed that yep. much. Um, what, I watched it uh, another time back at my house with headphones, mm-hmm. and it was very clearly heard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I think that one didn't fall yeah. a little flat. We were basically throwing shit at the wall and seeing what stuck. Uh, other ones were like Jew Pussy, Missouri, just really random, like, just words we put together, you know? Is it Jew Pussy? <laughs> Jew Pussy, Missouri, which doesn't make any sense at all. Oh, you should have done that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Coochie, Missouri. How does like that, that, yeah, that one yeah. can't fall flat. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, you know? You'll live and learn, and, you know, next time it'll be a lot better. Of course. When I remake Boniface next year. <laughs> oh, is, is it Muhammad? It, it's already CGI. Muhammad who? Yeah. Is that, is that going to happen? Well, a lot of people think that's real. No. Boniface 2, no, Muhammad who is not a real movie. Well, Boniface is dead. Well, everyone's dead. Everyone's dead. Yeah, well, well, two people are ghosts, though. It's true. That is true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Will Bald and Xander. But, yeah. Will Bald's a ghost? Well, I guess he's really not a ghost. He's, he, he gets sent back. And then he does die. And then he does die at the end. Yeah. Oh. Spoiler. Yeah. yeah. Spoiler alert, everyone. But uh, but yeah, I, I mean, we could make. I wish we needed a desert. You know. Uh, but even the Florida scenery say, wasn't good enough for Germany because they don't have palm trees in Germany. There's so many palm trees yeah. in, in the movie. You yeah. Know? But I think that's what makes it kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and they're all. Well, they're also more machine guns or vinyl records. Exactly. Yeah. Back on you. Yeah. So yeah. That. Do you think you do some creative camera shots on the beach to simulate well, it? That's what Ian, who played Steven, he says, uh, just uh, just get on a ladder and film down on a beach. Yeah, yeah. It's all this sand, you know, but yeah. it's okay. 
Beach is also very loud, so good luck picking up any sort of, uh, you know, comprehensible audio. Definitely. Have you yeah. considered doing, like, the, uh, the clip-on mics? I thought about doing that. I just showed, they make, like, uh, wireless ones and shit like that. Okay. Because, because sometimes the characters are far away and stuff, and then you have that wire connected to the camera oh. and stuff. I've been thinking on a boom system, putting my, my video mic on a, on, on a boom pole and, and having someone hold yeah. over it, which would be good, too, you know, but... Yeah, the you microphone. Find a to hire a boom <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I uh, I'll pick up like a day laborer or something from like uh, the Home Depot parking lot. Say, <laughs> yeah. hey, Drive by the Seven Eleven, look look for the Mexican. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what we used to do in Virginia. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't actually that from movies. That's a real thing. No, no. Yeah, seriously, in Virginia, uh, when I was from, there was such a high population of Mexicans. Really, in Virginia. Yeah, in Virginia. Well, I guess Mexico does border Virginia. Like every, every, <laughs> oh, no, every, every, every McDonald's you went to, every fast food joint, every uh, convenience store, it was all Mexicans, and you, and you, it was such, uh, your order was never right. Really? Yeah, yeah. So when I was moving from Virginia to Florida, I was like, God damn it, if I think that, if I have trouble talking to Mexicans here, what's it gonna be like in Florida? But I moved down here and. That problem isn't nearly the same. Yeah. But yeah, Virginia, you drive by 7-Eleven, there's a hundred Mexicans really? looking that's, for work. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I guess the minorities in Florida are just uh, black and Latino. But even then, that's more South Florida. Cause, yeah. Like, with Haiti and stuff yeah. and Cuba. Yeah. Well, I think I think there's way more of a Latino or like Middle America population further down south near Miami. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Definitely in Orlando, too. The, the, yeah, in Orlando, that's true, yeah. But it's interesting, you know, I, I've never really considered Florida the south. It doesn't keep you like the south has a time. I was always told a teacher in high school said it um Gainesville and up in Florida is is still south. But Gainesville and down isn't south anymore. It, it, I, I never got a southern feel here. I don't know why. I don't think it's Mississippi or like North Carolina or anything here, you know? I Louisiana. I think it might be the beach. Yeah, it's probably the beach. The beach changes everything. When you think of the south, you don't really think of the beach. It's true. It's true. And it brings in a whole different yeah. sort of demographic. Although we do have our fill of rednecks here. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, that oh, yeah. But there's no Texas. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I guess you could Oak Hill and Sam Sula. It's pretty country and pretty southern there. Yeah. yeah but in New Smyrna, it's definitely it's like the south of New Smyrna. Well, we were saying earlier, it's like a melting pot here. Oh, definitely, yeah. Like, wherever you go, you're going to find just like a mix of... Mm-hmm. different cultures and people and it's yeah. it's actually very fascinating oh yeah we, we mentioned uh, as well as it, 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 it uh the fact that it's such a big bar town everyone's so drunk and everything it's getting more popular so there's rising tension um but i think that's a mixed blessing because as because there's so many bars and so many people wanting to have a good night Friday, Saturday, Sunday, yeah. it also opens up the opportunity for a ton of artists to get out there. Definitely. There's musicians. I, I've never seen a town with more musicians true. playing Very on a true. nightly basis. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's 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 uh, festivals, farmers markets on Canal, Flagler, uh, yeah. multiple times a month where all these artists are coming out of the woodworks and presenting yeah. their stuff. We got people like you making movies. We got actors. Um, yeah. have, you, have you have you done any work at the uh, Little Theater on Beachside? Yeah. Not recently. I, I stopped doing work there just because of the the management, the person that was running the place. It all it all it all started to be about money and like really? censorship and just putting on the regular hodgepodge sort of shows. 
Which is why I moved to Thank You Five because they, they worried about like the Me Too movement or something. <laughs> no, 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 not that, not that. It, it's just like they, you know, they don't want to, they don't want to say words like fuck or goddamn yeah. or do any edgy plays like that. That's stupid. Try like, to be more family friendly. Well, that's what they've always been. Because really, like, who really runs that sort of, or who used to? I think it's under different management now. But it used to be, it used to be like a church group. Like, you know, is that true? Yeah. I know. Like, the people, like, all the volunteers and stuff, they may not be on the board, or, or some of them are, but, like, all the volunteers and stuff, they're all part of, like, their own little church group, and mm-hmm. there are they're, they're some not big people there. Yeah. Like, and that's what, like, that's part of what bothered me. It's like, you know, my mom would come to see a show, and they'd be giving her a hard time because it's like, oh, like, oh, there's not enough seats or something like that, and it's like, this is, this is, like, after I had done a few shows there, and, like, uh, after a year or so, and it's like, all right, come on. You, like, she, she would go to see all my shows. You should know this by now. And it would aggravate me because it's like, you know, that's my mom. It's like, of course. You don't. Yeah. Jeez. Um, but going to Thank You Five, where it's much more, you know, cre- it's a very creative space, not just for theater, but they hold open mics there. Uh, whatever you want to do, like, like my brother's open mic comedy. Yeah, open mic comedy. Really? Like, well, open mic whatever, music, comedy, poetry slam. We almost had the premiere Boniface there. We did, we did. What is this? Take five. Thank you five. Thank you five. Yep. So they don't change your oil. They can't change your oil. They might. <laughs> if they get going, you know, they need the business. Nice. Oh, where is this place? Uh, it's in Port Orange. It's. Uh, right by where Ritter's is in the mm-hmm. Ravenwood Square Plaza where Manny's Pizza so the plaza is across from Ritter's off of Clyde Morris Boulevard and it's called Ravenwood Square where you've got a Manny's Pizza on one side and on the other side you've got TY5 it's upstairs and I'm sure there's a few other spots in between but those are the only two notable things in that plaza for me is okay. Manny's Pizza Thank You Five uh, awesome I didn't, I didn't know there was anything like that outside of like Orlando. Oh yeah, and that's what's so great about it. Uh, and I, I still, I'm still like when I was doing a few good men, I would still be driving from Orlando to there because not a lot of theaters would want to do a show like a few good men because of the casting and like mm-hmm. it's very hard to find male actors, especially in this area. Yeah, that's strange, isn't it? It is strange. That's how it was in high school too. In drama, it was yep. all women. Yep. Yeah. And all, the only the only male actors, like, well, not all, I shouldn't say the only ones, because I wasn't the only one that was like, oh, I'm going to go there because all the chicks are there. It's like, I wanted to go there because it was something I wanted to try, and I discovered I liked it, and of it was course. really cool. Of course, that's how it should be. But then you got the people that are like, oh, I'm just here for, you know, the chicks, and they just kind of fall, like, you know, they fall through or, you know, don't stick with it, don't understand what it means to commit to something. If the passion isn't there, they're going to fall short. Exactly. That's the case with anything. Any art form, if you don't have the passion for it, then it's, you know, it's not going to work out. Yeah. Like, if you don't feel feel it in your heart that this is what you want to do. Um, I went off on a tangent there. So that's how a lot of artwork is. Yeah. If you don't have the heart for it, it's going to turn into shit. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I have the, we all had the heart for Bonifus, because for me, it was my first film that I got to do. It was my that's first an exciting film. thing, isn't yeah. it? It was very exciting, and it, it like that was. It's a very different thing going from theater performance, where it's a live performance, and you have to get it right every time, to doing a film where it's like, oh, you didn't, I didn't do so well on this take, but we have these other takes that we have to do for the same scene, 
so I'll do it then, and maybe through the magic of post-production, they'll switch up the scenes to where, oh, where I make a weird face in this scene, well then they just won't do the shot of me making the weird face, and they'll put in Steven's face, or yeah. Drew, or yeah. someone. Yeah, because uh, yeah, when you're on stage, they're always getting that one angle, 24-7, yep. but in, in, in film, there's all sorts of different angles going on. Yep. And you have to be way, yeah, I think you have to be more aware of your body. I think, yeah, I think, I think there's a, a different level of natural that comes out, because in film, I think it's more important to be natural, whereas like, when you're on stage, you need to project, so you're not necessarily, necessarily going to be talking the same way as you're talking to somebody in a room. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And... Like, it's a different sort of pressure, because when you're on stage, it's like, you gotta make sure you get your lines right, you, you know, you're blocking down, because, like, that's it. Like, this is, this is your one shot for this night, yeah. uh, for that scene. But uh, for the film, it's a different sort of pressure where it's about continuity and making sure, like, okay, I have to make sure I'm doing this, that, like, I'm doing this thing that I was doing the last take so that way it follows through. Yeah, even my little, even my little body languages match up throughout the film. Yeah. The greatest threat to continuity is cigarettes. Yeah. In that it's, film? Yeah, oh, yeah. Because w w during rehearsals, we never would rehearse when you take a drag of the cigarette. So all the different takes we'd do, it was, they would inhale different times. So if you, you know, oh, yeah. you're switching angles... You know, at one moment, Stephen might have a cigarette away. in his mouth, and then you go to a different angle, and he doesn't have that in his mouth anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, cigarettes are the biggest fucking threat to continuity. Well, oh, man, I commend you. I commend you so much for having to deal with that. It was there rough. Are, it was there rough. are a lot of movie makers, dude, even in, like, mainstream media, yeah. that wouldn't care. Yeah. yeah and yeah. that pisses me off. That, yeah. that throws me, that throws oh, me yeah. right out of the no, I'm super OCD when it comes to, like, editing and, like, continuity uh -huh. and shit. Yeah. yeah. Good, good stuff. There's, there's, a uh, my favorite scene. In the tent at night after mm. we sacrifice Stephen, um, and we're sitting there looking at the porno mag. Yeah, time to look at some long ass crap. <laughs> <cowboys. laughs> That's my favorite line in the movie. I think it's a line too. It's a strange, it's a strange line. Short <laughs> <Sort of> crack. <laughs> oh man, it makes you think too. It puts an idea in your head, like short crack. Like, what could that look like? Exactly. Like I didn't start thinking about that until after that scene, and I'm just like, you know, yeah. like now I have to keep an eye out if I ever see. Like, well, that was a bit of an autobiographical line on my part. Like, I've, I've experienced that many times. Short crack. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I'm sorry to hear Turns that. Turns out a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. Just <laughs> like you can never tell underneath the pants. Cause it's yeah. Like, it, well, what's the ideal crack length? Um. Well, I'd say uh, <laughs> you have the bulge of the cheek. The bulge of the cheek, it should end right at the top of the bulge yeah, of the cheek. Yeah, you're like, oh, a little bit underneath. Yeah, if it, it stops midway through the cheek, I'm like, shit out of my face, you know? There's premature flatness. Yeah, exactly, oh. exactly. And the daddy doesn't <laughs> That's no good, baby. Yeah, get that no, shit out of there. But it's better, it's probably better than plumber's crack, right? Oh, yeah. Where, like, it, it goes all the way up and it's also to, like, the no crack bottom of the tailbone. You have to think more about, you know, yeah. the, Place on your lap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or on your face or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But in uh, that in that scene, there's a like because I, I noticed it where Will Bolt's talking to me and it's like I'm you know my hands are free and then it cuts to me and like I'm I'm taking a drag off a cigarette but there's a lit cigarette on like the ashtray that's just kind of like chilling there so it's like you can kind of be like oh okay well he's just you mm -hmm. know just grab the cigarette right there because yeah. it's not there when I'm smoking it. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So, like, it still works out. 
It's just that sudden, like, oh, now I have the cigarette in my hand. Yeah, that's one of those things where you do it and not not thinking about it, and then you go to edit it, and it's just like a sudden ah oh, shit. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. But then it's like, well, do we really want to have to go through all that? Especially because I think that was the last scene we did before we took the tent down. Mm-hmm. The yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because the whole tent, all the tent scenes were inside. So a lot of people probably noticed that, but there was. That tent, that tent was never outside in any of the scenes. Really? Yeah, it was all in my garage. Yeah. With yeah. a bunch of big lights uh, hitting it. So it was very hot inside the tent. Uh-huh. But yeah, I, I think we mimicked outdoors pretty well. We put mm-hmm. the birds in the background. And there was a green screen in the door. Nope. And you slapped over the footage of the wilderness. And it's pretty you, know, okay. you did such a fantastic job of editing the sounds. Like, oh, I, yeah. it, wasn't, it wasn't noticeable my first time around. It was just like I'm, I'm just watching a movie, but I'm thinking about it the, ne- the second time I watched it. That's what really sold. Oh, really? Thank you. That's what sold the illusion because yeah. I mean, obviously, anybody who's watching your film today has to be cursed with having to compare it to all of mainstream mm-hmm. film and cinematography. Yeah. So you're you're dealing with with. Uh, having to compete with millions of dollars of CGI mm-hmm. yeah. um, and, and, and special effects editing, which you have none of. No. But... You have a green screen, that's it. You have a green screen. But this, despite despite your uh, your uh, um, lack of, of, uh, of special effects in that area, the illusion was sold by the sound effects. When, when Boniface goes into the dream state... And oh, the yeah. lightning bolt strikes down, and God's talking the reverb on his voice. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 just just the smallest little things that that a normal person wouldn't really pick up mm-hmm. on being important. I think that's what really sold. I it. Like I said, I'm OCD with all that shit. Yeah, know, it has to be perfect. Yeah, you know? but I really appreciate because that's that was painstaking. It's so much work. It was the um, who did this? It was a uh, Jim Jim Martian. Who did Jim the- Martian? Yeah, my like, friend. Yeah, he he did all the score. Except for this, when, spoiler alert, when Boniface and company get killed by the pagans, that was a cover of Never Grow Old by a band called Honey Yuck. Okay. And they did another cover for my last movie, If If I Only Fly. But this was a specially uh, commissioned cover that I had them do. Really? The cover in my last movie was, they did it on their own, and I asked them if I could use it. But this one was actually commissioned. And Honey Yuck was a great, great band. I'm friends with uh, one of the singers in it. Nice. Nice. So, check them out, Honey Yuck. Honey Yuck. Was uh, Jim Martian, was he, was he... Was he just in it for the artistic value? Or yeah, he's, he's a good friend of mine. Song, he's right? also a very talented self-taught musician. Yeah. And he's a multi-instrumentalist. Just, I don't know how he does it. Um, and so I, I asked him, I said, you, you make a lot of music, would you like to score a film? And he said, sure. That's and awesome. So, yeah. And so he, he did all the hymns, he did all the instrumentals. Yeah. I wrote the, the opening song, and then he... He sung it and arranged it with all the instruments and shit. Which so he blew me away. <laughs> it's, 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 he blew me away. It was insane. Wow. It, it, it like threw me for a loop because when I first saw the trailer and I heard that 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 song, I thought on um, one of the one of the shooting days that I wasn't there, um, that they all got together and sang it because oh, yeah. like, <laughs> I swear I could pick out Stephen's voice, Tristan's voice. Uh, all of them, like I could imagine them just in the garage saying mm-hmm. it, and then he's like, "No, Jim, Jim Martin, Martin yeah. did that." And he's like, wow. He did all of it. He did all the all the vocals too. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I think you found a good guy. Oh well, yeah, and I think he's going to score the next movie too. I hope so, so yeah. I he's hope fantastic. So. I hope so. Yeah, I remember you saying you had a lot of people like walk up to you and asking if they can do the score for your next film, and it's just like. Good luck. Yeah, good luck. Because I, I I found a pot of gold in yeah. Jim Martian. <laughs> yeah, but no, he, he 
he's awesome. He's, 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 he's a good friend too. I love that guy. That's good. That's yeah. good. So you, you get you, you're getting propositions now. I am. Yeah. At the premiere, a lot of people came up to me saying, "Oh, can I, please let me be in the next movie. Please let me be in the next movie." I said, "Okay, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens." We'll see what happens. <laughs> I got my main cast, you know, and you know, everyone in, everyone in Boniface was is basically my main cast now, and, yeah. and I, I found really good people and. I always try to... Oh, and these, these are people that you've been building relationships with for years. Yeah, I mean, I met John, John who's sitting right next to me, and uh, when I was in ninth grade in high school, we yeah. did drama together. Well, not in the class, but we did production a production together, and it's, it's actually kind of funny because the, the uh, in, in ninth grade, my first production in high school was The Bald Soprano, and that movie, not that movie, that play was directed by Stephen Gold, who plays Willow Bald, starring me, who directed the movie. Also starring John, who was Boniface, and also starring <laughs> Drew, who was who was uh, Derwin slash Xander in the movie. So you all so it was like a bold soprano beginning. Exactly, yeah. it, was, it was also kind of like a bold soprano reunion because awesome. a lot of the cast was in it, you know. And I always try to ask people to be in the movies who are in drama. Oh, yeah. I like a little bit of a backing, uh, backing, a little bit of an uh, an acting acting background, uh-huh. you know. You know, I'm okay with non actors, but you know. You gotta have some good acting in the movie. I heard a little bit of contempt in your voice when you said that word. <laughs> Non-actors. <laughs> no, 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 no. Non-actors are good, you know? Some people who don't act at all can go right into it and do fantastic. Like yeah, yeah. Uh, like Johnny. He hasn't... I don't think he's acted since high school in drama. Yeah. And he was one of the best in the movie, you know? I mean, we... But Boniface was blessed with... Basically, all the actors were good in that movie. Uh-huh. You know, it was it's we were, we were very blessed to have a lot of good actors. Yeah, he, he, like his delivery for, deliveries for some of the lines, like "son of a bitch." Yeah, yeah, like, oh, exactly. Like, Damn it! Yeah, yeah. Oh, he did he did a so fantastic good. job. Yeah, and, and I, I've known Johnny since I was a since I was born. Basically, he uh, a bunch of wee babes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But a wee babe. He, uh, I, I remember when I was really little. Him laying in my mom and dad's bed playing uh, Nintendo sixty four. You know, like. Uh, yeah, I, I grew up with him. He's awesome. He plays uh, Xander. No, he plays uh, he plays Haldor, the pagan leader. Oh. Xander was Drew Perky. Drew Perky. Oh, okay. Xander okay. slash Durwin. Xander slash Durwin. 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 Xander's his, his ghost name. Yeah. Haldor. Haldor. Was it Aldor or Haldor? Haldor. Haldor with an H. Yeah. He, he, he killed it. Oh, he was fantastic. He killed it. Oh, yeah. Johnny's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, one of my favorite scenes is with you and him in the cave. Yeah. That, yeah. That's such an important yeah. scene because it... It, it sets up. So it, it's it's so important to the plot. It sets up. Uh, uh, it sets up future uh, uh, events. Mm-hmm. Um, and and and, I, and every almost everything that's said is is integral to the story. Mm-hmm. But all the while, it's witty and it's entertaining. And the chemistry yeah. between you two oh, was chemistry. perfect. Oh, like, yeah. He was like this overpowering, yeah. like confident. Like uh, I've got, I've got people wallowing at my feet yeah. and, and, and you're like scared for your life <laughs> in a weird owl costume weird, yeah <laughs> was that a weird owl costume yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh that's right I don't remember that scene because you guys had weird exactly. owl costumes exactly Mr. Yankovic was very nice to uh, be playing they somehow got weird owl Yankovic yeah he's a very, very kind man yeah. <laughs> that, that was the running gag for yeah. uh, like on the set was just like I would I would pretend to be a real asshole weird owl Yankovic and who's who's obligated to do this film because because of his because uh, he community <laughs> service like he yeah. did something. <laughs> but I, I think we're like Weird Al. I think so. Too. I think please don't sue us, Weird Al. Please don't sue us, Weird Al. You don't seem like so many type in that. But I, I didn't see his name anywhere in there. Yikes! Tugs <laughs> the collar nervously. 
Yeah, the cave scene was really cool, and that was also filmed in my garage. Well, we uh, took the tent down and propped up that set. One of the best scenes. Like, oh, the cave? cave? Yeah, the cave, yeah. That was a set? Yeah. That, that, wasn't, was a that wasn't green screen? No. no, that was a set. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. It was all cardboard. Which is like... I got a bunch of cardboard up the side of the road and just cut it into big, uh, just, uh... Say testicles, big stalactites, stalactites, Yeah, testicles everywhere. Yeah, and, and like that's why because when I went through to watch it again and seeing the difference in the audio, because it's like everyone that was at the premiere kind of like we all kind of caught on like the audio, and it's just like the transition from going from like a monitor or computer to monitor to a surround mm-hmm. sound setup, but like it, it's a lot clearer on you know through a phone or through a computer or something. Yeah. But, like, even then, like, even through the surround sound setup, you could still hear it. It was just, like, you really had to... Yeah, the, uh... Yeah, because... Yeah, the, when you edit on a laptop, the mix you hear, the sound mix you hear on a laptop is not the way it is on a stereo system. Yeah. And so, that was one of the scenes where the, the, the sound effects and the music was a little louder than the vocals. So, when I... When I finally submit the film into film festivals, I'm probably going to change the uh, the sound levels on that so that people would hear a little better. Because okay. that was really one of the main complaints about the film was it was a little loud in that scene. Yeah, but... But on a phone you can hear it. Yeah, on a phone well. it sounds yeah. great. It, it's just all that reverb exactly. through, the, through the speaker system. Yeah. And that, another, that scene has another one of my favorite lines <laughs> where he's... Uh, I can't remember what he's talking about, but he's uh, talking about... I think he's talking about the area with the tree. He's uh, talking about all the thing that goes on there. He's uh, talking about the authorities. He's we, like, we yeah. do all the fornicating we there. Fun. We smoke all the weed there. Do the fornicating. So we're spiritual the entire forest. <laughs> yeah. It was fantastic. Oh, man. That, uh, that um, part, one of the hardest parts of the film for me, and it wasn't really that hard, it was just a sort of getting over the gag reflexes. The, the scene where I actually vomit yeah. Um, they they took like garbanzo beans. Garbanzo, we we oh, switched yeah. garbanzo beans and put some like uh, like red sunny, vinegar, yeah, red, red yeah. vinegar, like some sunny bean and shit, mixed it all together. Was that hard to keep in your mouth? Yeah, lima like, bean, like, beans. Uh, garbanzo. Oh, garbanzo. Yeah. I, I kept it like at the front of my mouth because I didn't want it to like get too far back. And I'm just like, oh god, like yeah. let's just get this part done. And when we finally did, it was the funniest fucking thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's hilarious. I, I, I wish I wish it was more of like a. I wish it was more of like a uh, projectile vomit. Yeah, like, it almost came, it almost came yeah. out like a piece of poo. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I know uh, that too. The, the same thing happened with Steven when he throws up because yeah. that one was way Patrick, more solid. Patrick Conroy's lap—it's like a whole form turd. Oh wait, oh wait, no, no, no. I was no, I was. Yeah, you're about that. I was, yeah, was, was going to say, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm not, I'm not remembering when you threw. It up. happens in a split second. Yeah, he, you got to watch close. He vomit. Shoots out of his mouth onto the table. It, it just cuts to me going, Poor! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, just yeah. hear the sound effect. You can kind of see the vomit, but mm-hmm. it's just like the Poor! Yeah. And that was the garbanzo bean mix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The yeah. Q line is like when he says partner. Like yeah. I'm referring to uh, LaCroix and I, which is with a bald. Um, disguised. Our yeah. disguise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, when he vomits into Patrick Connery's lap, when Patrick plays the pagan, in that scene, it, it is a turd like. <laughs> I kind of wanted to reshoot it, but everyone kind of thought it was funny. It was. It was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's part of the beauty of the film is just like, yeah, like things didn't turn out quite the way you would expect it to, mm-hmm. but there, that's just that adds to the 
exactly. the charm. And that's what I loved about it. Um, just because it's like, even if it might not be the same for the people that watch it, for us, like it still holds that, that you know, those memories. And just, yeah, yeah, of course. I like to, I mean, you probably, you've probably heard this, but I like to, uh, I like to um, compare it to like a modern day uh, um, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Oh, I really appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Harder, really. <laughs> no, um, I just came. But 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 when you go to imagine thinking about them filming that movie uh, as as new uh, and, and I mean that 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 was pretty that was one of their earlier productions as well. It was their first movie, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is that their flying circus or TV show? Imagine yeah. all the things that happened that went wrong that they just oh, went yeah. with anyway, and yeah. that and that and that's why it is what it is. Yeah, and Monty Python, they were also they always they also worked with lo- small budgets as well. With, yeah. Uh, with Monty Python as a small budget with Life of Brian, I've seen Life of Brian. Uh-huh. George Harrison and the Beatles had the fun most of that movie. Really? Yeah, yeah. He's also in it, so you can see him in the background in a couple scenes. I didn't know that. Yeah, because yeah, George Harrison was friends with Monty Python. That's yeah. really cool. Mm-hmm. I feel like George Harrison is the golden child of the Beatles. Oh, yeah, he was the best Beatle. That's what I hear, yeah. from, that's what I hear from everybody. I always like him and Paul the best. Yeah, yeah. George, Paul McCartney. George is my all-time favorite Beatle. Yeah. yeah. I have to apologize, guys. I need to pee. It's okay. <laughs> I'll be right back. Uh, oh. oh. Sitting cross-legged is not good. Yeah, man. <laughs> you want to take the microphone with you? <laughs> I had no idea what we were holding. Yeah, I'm Aaron dirty laundry rub, James Alty. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> um, actually, because uh, I, I talked to Stephen about this, and I had, I had an idea for the uh, spiritual, spiritual successor to Chronicles. Yes, and it's you know I'm just putting it out there. You don't have to take it. Um, it's a film about us or about you guys putting up with an aggressive weird out angry. <laughs> <laughs> like a really vindictive, aggressive weird out yank of it. Yeah, yeah. That'd be really fucking funny. That'd yeah. be really funny. My only concern is just like the whole the copyright cease and desist. Yeah, like yeah. I might have to have form a relationship with the real real weird out before I do that. It's like I like I feel like if you asked him, like he wouldn't be opposed to it. Yeah. Know? Like if you asked him before, I mean, <laughs> who knows? Because he might. I think he's a genuinely good person. Oh, he seems like he always seems like a very nice guy. He like burns cigarettes on our arms and shit. He's really mean. <laughs> Spitting in our faces. Fuck you guys. I'm sorry, Mr. Yanker. I'm sorry, Mr. Yanker. I'm sorry. He makes me drink like uh, beer out of his shoe and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me squeal like a pig. I can't believe you had me do it in this yeah, Exactly. <laughs> that's a funny idea, Don. I like that a lot. Because it, it, it's like, that's all I could think of as opposed to like doing the actual sequel to Bond of Fist. Uh huh, yeah. Well, we come back with ghosts. But that yeah. would be. Yeah, because the only way to really do Muhammad II would be, he has to have to be ghosts. Yeah. And it also has to be like a dead person too, which is really the biggest part. That, yeah, that's going to be. Yeah, that's more so just like a joke at the end, you know, because we can't. Muhammad yeah. Too, yeah. People were like, oh, is that really it? I'm like, yeah, no, we're going to totally put our lives on the line. <laughs> yeah, Muhammad, yeah, right? portray Muhammad in the film. We all want to die. Yeah. <laughs> did you have a good urination? I did. It was very satisfactory. Do you ever do you ever pee and it feels so good that like your teeth get warm? Yeah. That happens to me a lot. I get warm. that little shiver Yeah. No, I get the shiver on my back. My yeah. back teeth get really warm. It's a great feeling. It, it's... But yeah, I'm just dying. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but we all are. Yeah, exactly, right? exactly. Right. No, I've never had the warm teeth sensation, but I feel like I'm well, missing out. I pray that someday you will. <laughs> thank you, thank you. For your own good, man. <laughs> um, 
Um, so I did want to ask about the budget uh, because you guys you guys started the GoFundMe. GoFundMe, yeah, we uh, we the budget was a uh, the GoFundMe goal was originally three hundred dollars, and we made that in about three hours. Three hundred dollars. Yeah. And, uh, but that's not, that's not the full budget. Uh, what is that, that going to buy you? Like, we, a couple it, roads? It, it, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, because we have flannel, what we made the robes out of is very expensive. Uh, so that was, that was a couple hundred dollars for the robes. Really? Yeah. Oh, um, my gosh. But the, uh, yeah, the GoFundMe, we made $300 in, like, three hours, and then an extra hundred dollars, too. So, overall, we made $400 on GoFundMe, which was really good, and I'm appreciative of everyone who pitched in money. And, uh, the total budget of the movie was probably $1,000. I think you guys could have made way more if you had actually advertised. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to be modest. I only, I mean, that's not what the whole GoFundMe yeah, thing's about. It's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're gonna make it GoFundMe. It's yeah. I mean, like, because I didn't hear anything about it. I didn't know there was a GoFundMe. In yeah, I never put it on my Facebook. Well, that's all I really did with it. And that Instagram. I think like now that we've put this film out there. For future projects, like I think it's going to get a lot more traction. I think mm-hmm. to produce a result and have people see it and like the positive feedback we've gotten so far, like I haven't really gotten any like serious negative feedback. Like no one straight up said no. that film was awful. I wish someone would. <laughs> you know, I'm like it's, it's it, you know I'm saying this is going a little too smooth. You know, I, I need I need a couple of haters. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like I can. Because like I can definitely see like the like the tiny little complaints, but like overall like it's a good film. Yeah, I'd say the, the best way like what I use to describe it to people who like were asking what it's about, and I'm like just imagine like something that you would see on Adult Swim because mm-hmm. it's at that level of like production and just like humor. It's just like the way. It plays out, and obviously some of the scenes where where we get a little raunchy. Mm-hmm. It's and you know I love adults. Oh yeah, of course. Um, so I think because I think a big thing behind it is that we didn't overhype it too much. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't. I mean, I didn't. He. I didn't know that you guys were even working on this until like a month or two before it came out. Really. I, I somehow missed. The I missed a bunch of pictures on Instagram and stuff. I, I think I missed the. We've been right. Yeah, I, I do. I try to. I try to cut myself out of social media. Yeah. Well, I, I'm I, blame you for that. I deleted my Facebook. I actually yeah. I finally brought myself to fully delete it. I didn't do the temporary. Yeah. Temporary yeah, deactivation. It no, yeah. it's gone, gone. Yeah. I try to do the same thing with my Instagram, but I don't think Instagram is that bad of a demon. Mm-hmm. I mean, it can be. You definitely don't... It's not as toxic as Facebook is. Mm-hmm. Facebook's demonic. Yeah, yeah. Facebook's demonic because it it, it, it it feeds into your urge to know what's going on with other people. Yeah. But you're never meant to know what that with those things. You're never meant to know what's going Some on. Some things are supposed to be people. private. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Twitter has it right because they limit what you can say. Yeah, yeah. I think it's all in like what you put out there and who you choose to follow and who you don't follow. Because I've stopped, like, you know, I just, you know, I'll share a meme, you know, I'll post something, but I, I stopped posting, like, those long-winded, just, like, rants or whatever, because it's yeah. really not going to do it. Yeah, of course. It's, You're not going to change anyone's mind. Energy. That's what I realized a long time ago. I'm not going to change anyone's mind, so I might as well not try to change anyone's mind. Yeah. yeah. I saw a post today that it's a quote from Buddha that says, the best way to become enlightened is to get into an argument on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> 
that really is like, what are you gonna do? Because, like, that, you you know you can't change someone's perspective or viewpoint. They have to do it themselves, and exactly. forcing them to do it is just gonna make them not want to do it yeah. anymore. That's a very good point, though, because for all the reasons I hate Facebook, I've never driven it, given it the credit that it deserves because that is how I learned to not argue with people. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. how I learned. <laughs> oh, you have something. You 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 have an opinion that's yep. absolutely wrong. Oh, you look at you. You're... Keep on living that life because there's nothing I can do about yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, I can change your mind. You just gotta have to go through it and learn the lesson yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, ne- next project, I think definitely. Definitely uh, go fund me a little bit more. Yeah. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's not about. It's not about being humble. It's because because if they want the best product that you can offer, that's why they're giving you money. Exactly. Yeah. That's why they're giving you money that's because they want they want you to succeed and they want you to do they want you to make this project to the best of your ability. Yeah. Um, so it's not, I mean, because I see GoFundMes for people who are like, just got kicked out of my mom's house. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Me and yeah. my girlfriend are living on the yeah. street. I knew got... Mod, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when people go to Chick-fil-A so they can have someone say, my pleasure, after they <laughs> Yeah, <you know>? yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is your job. You don't have to say that. <laughs> exactly. <but> thank you. <laughs> yeah, so the next movie, hopefully, um, we we made a good chunk of change from donations at the premiere. Oh, really? So, yeah, we made close to $400 in wow, donations. So almost as much as your... Uh, y- yeah, filming. yeah. So the next movie, we're hoping to cool. film it mid-December, so soon. We're, we're working on the script right now. But hopefully that'll be enough. It's not too much of an extravagant shoot, a lot of the stuff that's in the movie I already have. So hopefully we won't need too much money. If, if it comes to it, we'll get a GoFundMe. But the summer project we're doing will be a, like a full-length movie. And really? that's like takes a big chunk of change but we'll see how much time do you spend personally on these projects <sighs> too much time <laughs> too much time Ryan it's 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 painstaking I I the week before the premiere I didn't sleep at all I uh, I was up 24-7 my, my body was deteriorating it was, it was awful editing editing just editing oh. just editing for you know 12 hours straight just not looking away from the screen yeah and I I would look in the mirror and there'd be just like a huge blood spot in my eye from looking at a screen for so long. Like, like my eyes started like aching, you know, my, wow. my head was aching, everything was aching. Because, you know, when you don't go to sleep for a night, your whole body hurts. Like, yeah. Your stomach hurts, your neck hurts, everything aches, you know. Yeah. It took a lot out of me. Now, I remember you saying in the premiere that you were editing it. I think, I th- I'm pretty sure you mentioned that you were editing it like the, the night or two before. Oh, yeah, yeah. So did you... That, that blows my mind because I would have never premiered something if I wasn't done editing it yeah. first, right? Yeah, yeah. We we secured the spot for the premiere at the at a Cinematique about a month and a half before the movie, and we were still filming the movie oh when we secured God. it. <laughs> no way. You know, yeah, yeah. So I was like, well, uh, it's balls to the walls now. Channel. Yeah. Oh. And I'm like, oh, well, I don't have too much left to edit. And then I start getting a nitty gritty, real OCD. I'm like, oh my God, there's so much to edit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was really stressful. The most I've been stressed in a while, and I, and because of that, I'm most likely gonna fail on my class at the DSC. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it's, okay. it's all for the art. You made a movie. Yeah, I made a movie. I think you know? it's worth it. I think it's worth yeah. it. Yeah, uh, that's that's pretty. I mean, I think that that will go a lot further in your resume than, yeah. than an A in the <laughs> exactly class. than a photography class. Oh yeah. my gosh! In fact, the the dubbing that we did for scene two, that was the last thing we did. That's the last thing I did. Yeah, and th- that was basically the last thing everyone else did too. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jeez. And then not like a week and a half before the premiere. I'm pretty sure it was cutting pretty close. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was like uh, the week.
week before. Mm-hmm. So I was like, man, I can't wait for next Sunday. Yep. Yeah. It's yeah. good. And it was it was great. Like oh, I, that's I, not my life. Like I showed up like just on time and like the house is just full of people. I walk in, everyone starts applauding. I'm just like, this is, <laughs> yeah. And that that was the best part of that night was how many people went. Yeah. Like, we sold out. Well, we didn't charge money for for it, but like we sold out. You know, the, the entire first showing. And overall, between the two showings, it was a little over 100 people came. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, it's seat 70, and we brought in so many chairs because there was so much of an overflow for the first showing. And I remember we had about 15 other people come for the 8 o'clock, including you, Ryan. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah. It, it was fantastic. It, it, was such, it was such an uplifting experience, you I know? Bet. Yeah, yeah. To see to see every, what you've been working on for so long come to fruition. Exactly. That's that's crazy. And uh, and you, you being acting is your craft. That's that's what you've been studying since high school. That's what you've been working on as a passion. Yep. Um, so I can imagine because I'm I'm a perfectionist. So like when I, when I was saying earlier about trying to make a song and wanting to pour my heart and soul into it, I end up hating it. Mm-hmm. I end up hate anything that I spend more than an hour or two on. I hate, but if I spend less than an hour on it, I like it because it's just ironically impro- imp- improvisational. Yeah. So, but if I do spend it, if I put any of my emotional investment into it, I end up thinking it falls short of what it should be. So were there any scenes that you just really felt like you could have given a better uh, performance in? I, yes. I definitely think, like, I feel like as the scenes went on, I got my character improved. But starting from the beginning, I've always felt like he fell a little flat. But at the same time, I excused it because he's a monk. And it just, it seems like, like, the dynamic of our group was... Between, between Derwin Willowbald and me, I was the guy with the plan. I was the guy that mm-hmm. this was my mission. I had he was a straight it. man. Yeah, I was the yeah. straight man. Willowbald was like sort of like the person that was there taking it all in. Mm-hmm. Sort of the person the under my wing. Yeah, a person under my wing, I would say, because he kind of, we had that sort of dynamic where mm-hmm. he was. And Derwin was just there. Derwin was just there. <laughs> he was a nihilistic monk. He, he was yeah. an, he, he hated it. Yeah. He didn't want to do it. And which why he came back as a ghost and yeah, stuff. And killed himself, yeah. But, he, you know, so in the end, like, I didn't come to that until, like, either my third time watching it, but it's like, you know, the dynamic works. Mm-hmm. But still, I definitely noticed where my performance is stronger in that scene where I chopped down Don Rizoke. Uh I definitely felt I was really onto it, but because it, it was a different level of Boniface, because he's playing this sort of monotone kind of just like well, you're going you're kind of going with that scene in the scene where you kill Adonis you're going against what you believe in mm-hmm. but you're doing it for the greater good yeah exactly. I'm doing it for myself because this is my mission so it's like I have that solace in it of like hey nice mustache by the way you gotta bite the bullet you gotta do it mm-hmm. um, I'm just a puberty <laughs> <laughs> but it's definitely nice because I was worried that I was going to be like the Johnny Depp, like, oh, I don't want to watch a movie with myself in it. Mm-hmm. I like being able to see myself, because that's something I don't get to do as a stage actor. I don't get to yeah. see myself perform and, like, go off of that and take notes off of that. Of like, okay, I could maybe do this differently. And there were, like, a few things, like, like where I would be looking or what I would be doing. One thing I definitely want to keep in mind for the next film is, like, continuity like my actions, my physical mm-hmm. movements. Um, Wait, and so is the next movie a prequel? 
I is that what I'm getting no, to? No, no, no. I'm, oh, I'm, still, no. I'm still in the dark. I'm still kind of in the dark about it. Yeah. But uh, I've been assured that I am I am in the billing for, mm-hmm. well, like Christian said, he has his cast in exactly. this movie. Yeah. And that's very comforting to know. Yeah. A lot of people from Boston are in it into some capacity. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It, it's a twenty-five minute. It's it's be twenty-five minutes to thirty minutes. The movie, so it's, it's, it's going to be a short film, and you know, maybe some characters will be in it for only one scene. But like I said, it's a short movie, so really that's it doesn't really matter. You know, yeah. it's just yeah. something to get out there to exactly. You know, something to do because mm-hmm. it's you have an idea and you want to go off of it, and that's much better than to just be like, you know what? No, I'm yeah. not going to do that. And it's not give too much away. It's a. It's. I'll say it's about Benjamin Franklin. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Played by Stephen Gould. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I like it. I like it. Yeah. It, it, it's going to be a real watch fest. Yeah. yeah. This is going to be extra dirty. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I, I don't know if you're too, too familiar with John Waters' movies. He did a lot of gross shit in the seventies with his movies. Really, a lot of shock value stuff. And so I was trying to incorporate some sort, some form of shock value in my movies. Yeah. Like when Bond just gets his like head smashed, yeah. you know. Which uh, originally in the script, it, his head was exploded. It was shot, and, oh. yeah. And and Hard to simulate that. A, a little backstory to that. I, <laughs> I I went to the maybe I might get arrested for this, but <laughs> I went to the Phantom Fireworks store in Daytona, and I got a bunch of um, M80s are illegal, but they are called M98s. I'm pretty sure. Oh. So they're like smaller sort of M80s, and so what I did was I took all the powder out of them. And I put him into a, a uh, like a, a toilet paper roll, and I put a long wick into it, and uh, and we put it inside a, a styrofoam head full of red jelly and fake blood, and we lit it off in the woods. Was jelly? Yeah, 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 yeah. jelly, yeah, yeah. in Jello as well, and um, and so we lit it. This was a test head, and nothing happened. The bomb was fake. Oh no! It didn't work. Not fake. It was a dunk. Yeah, and so I said, shit. So. When everyone came over to film, I had the official head, the one painted like John's face, uh, you know, really shitty version of John. But uh, and uh, and so we have it, and and I say, well, the bomb didn't work, so I got my thirty-eight special out, my my old pistol, and I shot it a couple times, and it just left very small holes. Uh, so I said, shit, none of this is gonna work, because really, to, to make a head explode with a gun, you need a shotgun, yeah. you know. And I, I I didn't have a shotgun. So I said, well, we'll just step on it. So that's what Johnny had to do, had to step on it. But it, it ended up working pretty well. Like, yeah. Since it was black so. and white, a lot of it really looked like gray matter and like really gross shit, you know? Yeah, it, it worked out pretty well. Yeah. It worked out pretty well. Uh, and that's one thing, like, I, I gotta ask, like, was was it noticeable how my beard changed throughout? <laughs> like, No! That I was the biggest continuity I in the movie. No, well, see, I didn't notice your beard changing. But what I did notice was uh, Adonis's hair was constantly changing, and I wasn't sure. I, I, I figured that that was just probably because that guy is in, uh, 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 what was it, living in the moment and just constantly. Doing yeah, yeah. Stuff. Ian's a free spirit who yeah. played Adonis slash Stephen. Mm-hmm. He's a free spirit. I want to give a shout out to him because oh yeah, he was a real trooper. We put him through the ringer. Like, I love Ian. He like he didn't like he wasn't. Too crazy about putting on the speedo and stuff. And walking <laughs> when he's still having his bush and yeah. shit constantly, yeah. he lay down in like mud and dirt and had fake blood poured all over him. Yeah, his throat slit. Yeah, how was? How did you do the throat slitting? Thing? It was. Um, I learned how to how to make fake skin with liquid latex. So it's the fake skin, fake blood, fake corn skin, syrup, fake blood. And, and it was. Food we dye. actually used a lot of the blood was corn syrup and red and blue food dye. 
But with that, it was around Halloween we filmed that, so I went to Walmart and bought a bunch of fake blood. So, so we really got a good fake blood look. Because sometimes the corn syrup's kind of a little shoddy. Yeah. Sometimes it looks really good, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. And also, it always it's very sticky, too. So, like, in, in, in the shot when you're whipping yourself, when you put, yeah, yeah. When he puts, when he takes the whip off, you can hear the the stickiness come off his back, you know, because it was corn syrup. But with Ian, yeah, what we had was a garden sprayer, the ones you pump up, and they have the wand and you spray it. Oh, we, we had to pump her up, or it, it, and then we took some tubing and attached it. Had some heat shrink tube and put that on his throat and connected all of it and put the latex over it. Yeah, and then once he slit his throat, producer Rudy Platursky was pumping away and. Went everywhere. Perfect. Yeah, Perfect. and then, that was a really good shot. A really yeah, good, gross, yeah. nasty shot. And that was just with the a garden yeah, pump. The garden pump. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And, and like, thank God, because like I was very like that was a one of the more stressful moments for me. Cause it's like I have this knife up to this guy's yeah, throat. Nice. Like I gotta yeah. make sure I don't cut too deep and I don't miss the cut. And it's just like, oh, so you actually cut the fake skin? Yeah, yeah we cut the fake skin. Like it's it, a real knife. It, it oh, looks, oh yeah, very yeah, sharp. It was a real knife. knife. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, oh Jesus yeah. Christ! It was awesome. And the thing is, is like, it's so you nerve. actually had real nerves. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I really don't want to do this to you. Oh but, my gosh! Um, it, 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 obviously, through post production, it looks a lot cleaner than how we did because, like, I had to kind of like dig into it a little bit because I just didn't want to like go too like too deep too quick and uh, real like, dumb. Yeah, yeah, that'd be kind of cool though. I like real life stuff. <laughs> Tristan Smith arrested. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it was worth it. Thankfully, the the, the, the whole blood skewed out, yeah. and then once again, everyone just fucking burst out into life. Oh yeah. Oh my god. The raw footage we shot. There's about uh, two minutes after, and we're all just laughing, running around in the woods because it was such a crazy looking thing. Because <laughs> it, 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 it squirted out well. way more than I thought it would. Like it, it, it exploded out of his yeah. out of his neck. Yeah. It worked so much for this scene. Yeah. Yeah. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. Oh man! And um, I actually meant to say because I had a uh, like, unless you wanted to use that knife for the dagger, but I also had like I, I had a few at home, maybe that weren't as sharp, but oh really? That, yeah, that looked more dagger like. Yeah, because I meant to buy a dagger, but I totally forgot, and so I was like, oh, I got a pocket knife. That could have worked really well too, though. Yeah, there's always next time. Like I said, when I remake the film, it's gonna be weird. Well, I mean, the fact that you guys have like modern day guns and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think the fact that it's a pocket knife. Yeah, and there's like a Beach Boys record in there. Colonial and... dagger. Yeah, yeah. Beach Boys pet sounds. Yeah, pet sounds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What what is, what is that? I've never heard of it. Oh, it's a very sad album. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a very sound. It's a very sad record. I still oh, get to listen to it. Yeah. Is it is it sad because it's bad or is it sad because? Oh oh, oh, it's a, it's one of the best records of all time. Okay. But no, it's just the the lyrics and the instrumentation yeah. is very very depressing. Okay. okay, it's all about like heartache and stuff and missing yeah. home and you know. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> I so uh, uh, a highly recommended thing for you guys to listen to. <laughs> really raise your spirits. I'll have to check it out at some point. Yeah. Yeah. I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't ventured too far into the Beach Boys yet. Yeah, the early Beach Boys is like, you know, a lot of, a lot of the bubblegum pop, bubble pop stuff. But if you get later in the 60s, it gets very depressing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I grew, up, I grew up super Christian, conservative, yeah. homeschooled. So all the music I heard growing up was Glory to God yeah. in the Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't start, like, venturing out and starting to learn about music for myself until I turned like 18 really. mm-hmm. yeah. that's, when, that's when I bought a guitar and started listening to stuff that wasn't on the radio exactly yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Oh, but, radio music's <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah 
top forties. Mm-hmm. Not not a fan. Yeah. I, I I I I've been changing my opinion on radio music just slightly. I think some of it is better than people give it credit yes. for, mm-hmm. but it's just the fact that it's getting overplayed, way too overplayed. That's the problem with radio; they just overplay everything. Yeah, because because people would rather listen to something they know than haven't than have to question their own. Idea ideology for a song you've never heard before. Exactly, and that's one of the benefits that I've had from having to drive back and forth between Orlando and here is that hour-long drive. I get to like I've started to listen to albums of bands that I listen to, but I've never really sat down and listened to their full albums or anything. So it I tells get the story. Yeah, I get to listen. I, I get to hear the story. I get to listen to songs that I've never heard before, and it's just really cool. And now I get to explore more of the bands that I've been interested in yeah. or hear new stuff. Like, I I definitely want to listen to uh, Pet Sounds on, mm-hmm. on the drive back whenever. <laughs> was was there ever was there ever a moment where you found a band that was like, oh, this is my band. Nobody else has listened to this. I found this over on my own intuition, and this is the thing that I love, and no one else can love it because it's mine. Definitely. That's how most people use this thing. I'm a hipster, yeah. yeah. I hate other people loving well, what, was, what was that first thing for you? Uh, well, the first thing for me... It's probably Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. I don't know if you know Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. They're an Australian band. They're pretty. Uh, they're more popular in Europe and Australia and stuff. Yeah, I love them. And if, if people, other people know about, I'm like, oh, I wish I was saying that. That's my thing. There's also a Japanese band from the '70s called Happy End. They were a folk band. Okay. They like Americana stuff, which is very strange for Japan. It is a country music. Yeah. And um, and more and more now people are starting to know who they are, and that really pisses me off. So that's my band. <laughs> like I buy their records for a lot of money, and like it's it's the the only records from them on American soil, and like that's my band. That's how like Justin them. Bieber fans felt. <laughs> we we left it was on YouTube. Yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's funny. That's funny. Mm. Um. Because a lot of bands that I listen to where I feel like, yes, I can resonate with this band, um, a lot of them have been recommended by, more than, some of the more recent ones have been recommended by some of my friends. Um, my buddy Ryan McNally, he introduced me to Census Fail and Bayside, uh, and a few of them listened to this band called Brand New and that, like, I listened to their one album, Deja, I don't know how to pronounce it, but... Deja Vu? Yeah, yeah, Entendu or something like that. Um, but, and even, like, when I was younger, like, I got into System of Down because my brother was into it, but, like, the, so far as, like, the first band that I discovered on my own that, like, this is my band, like, I, you know, I can dig this, this is something I'm into, would have to be Mastodon. Mastodon? Yes. Really? What's that? It's, it's a, it's a metal band. I, I don't know what sort of type of metal yeah. is, it is, I, I, you know, I hear different, like, Thrash metal, post rock, sludge metal. Sludge metal. Yeah, that's what it is. Sludge metal. Yeah. Um, and honestly, it was just back then. It was just because of like how the beats were and how the music played out. Didn't what I didn't listen too much of the lyrics. And even now, like I don't resonate so much with the lyrics. It's just it all just jams well with me. And back then, and even now, part of the reason why I listen to music is because it paints this picture in my head, this whole scene that plays out, and it gives, helps get my ideas flowing for some of my own projects that I don't ever get started on. Yeah. Um, but eventually, that now that I've got my own like basis to work on, and once I get my computer, once I get a charger for my computer, 
hopefully I can start doing that. But Mastodon was definitely one of those bands that, like, I found this, this is something, like, I can call this my own. Especially because none of my friends were really into it. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, this is me. Like, mm-hmm. this is mine. You, you guys can't have it. I, I showed it to you. You didn't like it. So it becomes a part of your personality. Exactly. Yeah. Because I don't listen to a lot of metal, but that one, it's, like, Something about it, just like the spaciness to it and some of their later stuff. That was me with Sonata Arctica back when I was like 16 years old. Sonata Arctica was like this uh, European metal band. Mm-hmm. And they, 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 they're like the kind of metal where like you feel like they should be on stage performing uh, a play. Yeah. And, and that's just like it's a rock. They were the uh, black and white makeup like through the like, no. Scandinavian metal bands do. Not, not quite black and white makeup, um, but they're very theatrical. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw, they were like the first band I ever saw live. Yeah. Um, and I, I can't even listen to them anymore. Like, really? I listen to them now and it's just like, oh God. It's, <laughs> interesting, though. it's strange how when you're younger, like, man, this music is my life. I, I'll never stop loving this band. And, like, you take a very long break and you listen to the band. Like, oh wait a minute, I don't really like any of this. Anymore. Yeah, we're like My Chemical Romance. Oh, I'm a big My Chemical Romance fan back in the day. Yeah. But listening to it back then, I was just like, oh, you were, I know what you were doing. You were just playing into all the emotions that every teenager yeah, has. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. like, that kind of music is made mostly for teenage listeners. Yeah. 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 I was being played. I was a fool. They played like a fucking fiddle. Yeah, I was the same way with Three Days Grace. Like, <laughs> I used to jam out to that shit every day in middle school, and then I just dipped out of it for a while, and I listened to it again recently. And there's some songs that's like, okay, like I can dig it, but at the same time, it's just... Pain! Yeah. Without love! It's like, alright, man. Like, you gotta, you gotta have some more... Where's the comic person? relief? Yeah, <laughs> where, where's the where's the ups and downs, you know? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, listening to bands that other people have recommended, uh, that also, you know, because when in my like from my perspective, when someone says like listen to this song or this band or something, that's like they're showing you a part of themselves. Like he, uh, I saw the yeah. That's definitely true. I saw a post that's like, if someone recommends a song to you, you should definitely listen to it because it's like you will understand that person a lot better. Yeah, and if you're and if you're with that person when they're showing you the song, they're watching you to figure out they're to figure yeah. out how you react to it and whether it's, yeah. it's a weird thing because honestly, it, it really has no merit. I mean, I mean, art art is completely subjective, hundred yeah. percent. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, whether or not one person likes a piece of art has no has no real say on if they're a good person or a bad person or worth hanging out with. It, it's funny how people take how people find the little things to use to judge other people with. Yeah, yeah. It, it's like when you find a funny video on YouTube and you want to show your friends, and then like you're playing it and you're watching them seeing how they're reacting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and, and you're like, and you're yeah. and you're laughing like you did the first time you watched it, even though it's the hundredth time you've watched it. Yeah. And you're hoping they laugh the same way. <laughs> and some of them aren't getting in, some of them are. And you're just like, yeah, well... Like, one thing that I've tried not to do, especially with music, is be like, oh, no, this is really good. Like, I just would rather sit there and listen to it. Yeah. Because that's what it's for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then maybe after saying, like, yeah, I really like that, or, like, you know, I resonated with that. I keep using that term. Like, with music, I feel like that's a good term to use. Well, notes resonate. Yeah, that's, exactly. that's a perfect term. That's a perfect term. What gets me is when people say that that's that's not a good band, and you're like, well, why? I don't like it. Oh no, so you don't like the band? 
That's fine, but don't tell me it's a bad band. Exactly. Because yeah. exactly. there are plenty of bands that I like. Uh, what's uh, what's that? The uh, Metallica. Metallica. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of Metallica, mm-hmm. but I listen to them. And I can hear the fact that they're good. I exactly. can hear the skill. I can hear the skill in every single player's movements. But I don't like the band as a whole. I don't mm-hmm. like their music as a whole. Yeah, a lot of bands aren't that for me. Like, like so, someone will suggest a band, and I'll say, I don't like this, but I can understand why people like it. Yep. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then, like you said, art's very subjective. Is, is there really any bad art? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. It, it, it all depends on what kind of ears you have or what kind of eyes you have, you know? Yeah. My, uh, my best friend always said, I don't, it's not about uh, that I don't like a particular genre or anything. It's just particular songs that I don't like. Because it's not fair to just cancel out a whole genre. Like, there's, there's country music that I enjoy. There's certain country songs that I listen to. And it's like, yeah, I can dig this. And, you know, obviously there's country songs that aren't, you know, what I'm all about. There's metal songs that I like and metal songs that I don't like. You know, it, you know, I like punk, but I don't listen to Gigi Allen because, like, oh, what went on? (laughs) I'm sorry, but the song starts off with Wanna Fuck You in the Ass. I'm just like, come on. His song Suck My Ass at Snakes are great. Well, see, man, all those on stage. I'm sorry. <laughs> all the different genres of music, I, I, I see them as, as literally just different forms of art. And to say that I don't like country is literally the same as saying I don't like books or I don't like movies. Exactly. That's, it's so you could you, okay. So you've heard a few country artists that you don't like. Have you explored the entire variety of what exists exactly. in there? No, I don't think you have because you would probably find something that you resonate with. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's like rock and, and rap. There's so many different facets. There's so many different styles of it. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I'd probably say country music is one of my favorite genres. Not new country, country, but like old, like sixties and seventies, like Johnny Cash, Buck Owens, Hank Snow, Willie Nelson. That's just some of the best music ever made, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, new country, it's a little more poppy, and they sing mostly about tractors and like beer and shit. But <laughs> beer, yeah, big boots, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's one thing that I want to like do better on or catch up on is listening to some of the classical or not classical music but classic songs mm-hmm. by Johnny Cash and stuff. Oh yeah. Like I've been putting on I've been putting on I think it's a uh, 106.9 all it plays it's a new Smyrna station all it plays is Frank Sinatra. And really? Like old songs yeah, old oh, songs wow. that ilk. It's beautiful. I'm yeah, that. I love it. Every once in a while I'll put on the AM station too and just AM 1230 as the oldies. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you know artists you know certain groups and musicians then you know a few of their songs but you never really sit down and listen to them mm-hmm. an example for me is the Beatles like I knew the Beatles I knew some I knew a few of their songs but I never really listened to them or sat down and be like you know what I'm gonna listen to the Beatles today I would just hear it through passing by or someone yeah. would be playing a song what really got me into it was when someone recommended that I watch across the universe I it is it's really good and like it got me into the Beatles, which is because it's not the Beatles singing it; it's a bunch of different actors and stuff. But then I listened to it, you know, that got me into it, and I started listening to the music. You started developing a relationship with their music, exactly. Yeah, and that—that's how I know about George Harrison, mm-hmm. Paul McCartney, and John. Like I before, I only really knew John Lennon and Paul. What about Ringo? Ringo. 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 <laughs> like Ringo. Because he, he was. He was was the uh, the drummer, drummer yeah. the drummer, and he was always the one that was kind of thrown under the rug. Oh yeah, like yeah. 
Um, did he write? Oh no, he didn't write any songs. No, I remember the family, the family guy skit with that. Ranga wrote a song. We'll put it right on the refrigerator. On the refrigerator, so everyone can see it. I'm sorry, guys. I, I gotta pee one more time. This, this I do too. Here, so, huh? I do too. So I'll okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I remember when Cross the Universe came out. Uh, you and Nick went to see it. Yeah, we saw it, and I saw it probably I think three times in theaters. And that's and that's one thing. Like I I, I mentioned that movie to people, and they're like, "There's a special moment that they have with someone." Or, um, oh yeah, like my buddy Cheyenne, who he loaned me his DVD copy, and he's like, "Yeah, me and me and Emily, you know, like we have like we have this connection because of it." And it's like, Cheyenne that, Clingerman. Yeah, Cheyenne Clingerman. No, not. Dude! <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know. I understand that. She just kind of vanished. Yeah. I don't even know she's passed away from AIDS. Oh, really? Because she was, she was like your Phoenix Mason by film, right? Yeah. That was... Kill myself, God. That should be my baby of their pussy. Not some schmucks. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> I'm out of here. I'm leaving. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. Just. Usually we crash my car through the tree out there. <laughs> Fuck you, Phoenix. Yeah, she ain't worth it, man. I know. It, it, well, it's always like, with that kind of stuff, it's. The only reason why you're really sad is because you're looking. Well, you're looking into the past with a different lens. Yeah. With rose-colored glasses. Because back when yeah. we actually did talk, I hated her and shit. But now I look back and I'm like, oh, man, I really missed it. Why? It was shit back then, you know? Yeah. You look at your rose-colored glasses. It's it's like you're, you're seeing, you're comparing the image that you had of someone to mm-hmm. who they really are. And that's what kind of hurts. It's like... Exactly. I had all my hopes up for this. And yeah. Like you... Yeah, that... I know that feel. It's a bad feel, man. It's yeah, a bad, bad feel. We dubbed scene two with that microphone. That kind of microphone. That's a blue Yeti, right? Yeah. 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 They're pretty good microphones. They are. They are yeah. Good. It takes some uh, some trial and error with like the controls on it. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 a good microphone. Um, <clears throat> I'm a much I'm a much bigger fan of condenser microphones. Um, anything that can run through my audio interface box mm-hmm. and have more direct control of. I know how to work with the audio interface box. I don't necessarily know how to work with that uh, USB mic. Yeah, but I keep it in the room as a backup because, <clears throat> like I was telling you about NEN, yeah. uh, the first the first chat it was a six hour long campaign. Jeez. I only actually got an hour and a half of audio right. from that. So I, that was the moment I realized that having a backup microphone <laughs> is one of the most important yeah. things you can have because if something, yeah, like on the yeah, it's still recording. Yeah, if something gonna happen with this. This whole night would be. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I definitely enjoy talking with you guys, but oh, yeah. with, with the podcast, we fuck. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but even now, if something were to happen to all three of these microphones, we still got that as a backup. Yeah. So yeah. that's what that's for. Well, part of my asking, but how much was this whole setup? These three microphones and the two boxes. Uh, okay. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I can't tell you right off the top of my head because I accumulated it all over time. Yeah. This is actually borrowed by a good friend of mine, somebody I've done podcasts with in the past. He let me borrow it for the night because I was going to have more people than uh, I'm used to. Uh, 
that microphone was like eighty dollars. That's not too bad. The one in front of you is a hundred. Yeah. These little stands are like thirty-five a piece. Mm -hmm. They're nice. They're nice. They're small, but they do the job. Mm -hmm. uh, the blue Yetis like a hundred, hundred and fifty. Um, it's all very nice setup. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I was I was struggling trying to figure out how I was gonna make it work out here, mm -hmm. but I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty glad with how it all worked out. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I did want to talk about. I wanted to talk about the difference between if if I could only fly to to Boniface because it's it's like black and white. Yeah, it's, it's quite, quite the difference. So. It, like I, I felt like I was when I watched when I watched if 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 if, if, if I'm sorry if I could only fly if I could only fly I want to say if only I could fly everyone makes that mistake yeah everyone does. yeah fine um I felt like I was missing part of the puzzle I I felt like I was missing a puzzle piece yeah like, I felt like it was an, it was a, it was an inside joke that I didn't I wasn't in on well it's not, it's not like an inside joke it was but it was a very much so like a stream of consciousness kind of movie yeah it was kind of like word vomit you know uh. uh it's, and everyone always asks what the meaning is, but to be honest, I don't really know the meaning of it. Yeah. I know in my head what the meaning is. You'll find out what the meaning is when you're 80 years old yeah. on your deathbed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, anyone's guess is as good as mine. Uh -huh. yeah. you know? So it's really everyone has the right answer to it. Wow. You know? Some people said it was about consumerism. Some people said it was about individuality. Some people said it was about bad habits. Ideology. Ideology, yeah. So yeah, but two, Boniface and If I Only Fly are two very different beasts. Yeah. Yeah, and I was afraid everyone was expecting like more if I went fly stuff with Boniface, but I don't think too many people were disappointed with the difference between the two. No, if I only fly was totally, totally different. Yeah, mm -hmm. lo-fi and deep, and you know. Yeah, it, it keeps you it keeps you engaged because you're trying to constantly find meaning. Yeah, and you're falling yeah. short at every turn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> And Boniface is more of a narrative that tells a story. Definitely. Yeah. There's really no secret meaning in Boniface. Yeah. Yeah. I love the subversion of Boniface uh, to, to the whole Catholic oh, the Catholic Church. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All throughout the movie, but especially at the very beginning, when you're all, when all, uh, uh, when uh, Boniface and Willibald and Derwin, they're all sitting around the table with the candles and, and you're giving that little uh, prayer and it's all like super by the book. Oh, this mm -hmm. is what uh, priests do. Yeah. And then the very next moment, you're all pulling out. Yeah, you're talking about All right, boys, yeah. back to work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's one thing I definitely wanted to get a clear uh, differentiation, if that's a word, mm -hmm. on with my character. Was like, he's got his priest voice or his monk voice and he's got his regular voice. Yeah. Because, you know, it's like... It, you know, it's all an act. Like you're, I'm a salesman trying to sell my religion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, when I put on that facade, that's my job. That's who I am. But then, when I'm around like-minded people, it's like, okay, well, what are we gonna do to do this yeah. shit? Yeah. You know, I think that's right on the money. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. Because priests definitely do that. I mean, I, I I grew up in church. I know a lot of pastors mm -hmm. that talk differently on stage than they do off. And I yeah. think that's the same with anything. Like comedians, mm -hmm. singers. You always have a different essence person oh, yeah. on stage yeah. than off. Yeah, and just like like when, whenever you talk to Adonis last season in the movie, you have a very prim and proper he's like your disciple, you know? Yeah. But when you're talking to like Derwin and Willibald, it's just, you know, well, they're already you son of a bitch. Exactly. Why? <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, they're your friends. You don't have to put an act to overcome them. Yeah. And I just think it's a very beautiful thing, especially when I add in the whole other persona of Keith. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like 
now I'm a monk who's trying to figure out what a pagan acts like yeah. while still trying to sell this idea that oh yeah I believe in Thor and all this shit. exactly yeah and honestly I feel like the pagans are more like especially in that film they're more well-minded people than Catholics. Oh, are. I think I yeah, think yeah. that was an yeah. overwhelming. Like, yeah. Stroke. Well, that, that's the thing about the movie is like the pagans really didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. Like, other than yeah, other than sacrificing. Steve. Yeah, but they're pretty peaceful, nice people. So maybe there's some meaning in that. I didn't mean to have any sort of deeper meaning than that. But if anyone wants to pull anything from that, I don't know, colonialism or something. I don't know. <laughs> the genocide of the Native Americans. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> it's likely that people will. I'm sure yeah. you've watched it enough times. Yeah, yeah, but like, uh, you know, Haldor was very nice to you in in the cave, and you know, he let you kill his son and stuff. Yeah, and like, even in like society today, you start to see that where people get involved in these open marriages, yeah, these certain behaviors. Granted, no one's sacrificing anyone to to Thor, no, but a lot of people wanted to get sacrificed. A lot of people, it was like that the martyr thing, it was Mm -hmm. like. What greater pleasure than to be sacrificed to the god that gave us everything? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, and that, that was true with the Aztecs. Because a lot of people thought those, the, that the virgins being sacrificed to the Aztec gods were being forced to be sacrificed. Turns out there were like yeah. 60,000. I think on it. there were like 60,000 people a year being sacrificed. Is that true? They were, yeah. yeah. And apparently they were all willing. Wow, that's a, I had no idea about that. Yeah, I'm not too well versed in Aztec and Mayan history. Well, if I'm if I end up being false on that fact, don't hold me to it. <laughs> no, we'll back. I'll fact check when you get home. All right, cool. I'll send you a message. Yeah, all right, it's all just right. like with the uh, Adonis because he's like, it's okay. This is what a martyr does. You know, yeah. he fully accepts the fact that he's being sacrificed. Well, and I feel like even if he wasn't a Catholic, he would still fully accept it through the pagan belief of mm-hmm. like this is for Thor. Exactly, yeah. I didn't even think about that, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So either way, he would be okay with it. Yeah. It's just my character's like, I'm killing someone. Yeah. And I, I, I like that whole martyr trope. I really did. You, you foreshadowed it at the beginning when you guys were walking together and you mm-hmm. explained to him what a martyr is. Yeah. And then you're about to kill him and he's like, oh, I'm going to be a martyr. And you're like, oh, yeah. no. Yeah. <laughs> Full circle. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then again... You become a martyr yep. by fulfilling your destiny and and chopping down the tree and converting all of Germania, but then in the process of doing all that, you're murdered. Yeah, which happened to the real Boniface too. He was he was killed. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think like, it's a interesting observation that like Boniface doesn't have this like even when he's staring down the barrel of a gun he's just like it's a shame that you never found Christ Commodore like yeah. he firmly believes you know this is this is what needs to be done but I don't think he's because again he wasn't comfortable with sacrificing someone but he still did it for for the sake of Christ yeah um, so it's it's interesting to note that he you know that I, we're, it's not like the movie was trying to vilify Catholicism no Poke fun at it, definitely. Poke fun at it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, Take the mic out of it. But it's, you know, like, in the end, Boniface wasn't doing something because he, he didn't, out of hatred, he was doing it out of, you know, out of spreading what he believed was the good word. Exactly, yeah. And granted, you know, from his perspective, these people getting together and having orgies and smoking weed and stuff, it's like, huh. 
Well, it's a lot. He was close-minded in some respects. But yeah. yeah, it's a lot easier to believe in something when you have the actual figurehead of the religion appearing to you. Yeah, in <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like if, God, if a god came to me every night, <laughs> I'd be a devout Christian. Yeah. I'd be in church yeah. right now. Yeah. Not doing God broke down at you, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, that that scene that was was that the Good first. Quote? day of filming that we it did? It was the second week, because the second week we did scene two and scene three where you're talking to God. Yep. Yeah. And they had me all painted up in the black. black. Yep. Oh, is that how they did it? Yep. Yeah. Or how you did it, rather. Because what I did was, he was up against a white sheet with black skin, and what I did in post was I raised the contrast, blackface. Yeah. So so not this tropic thunder man. <laughs> yeah. 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 So he was pitch black, and the sheet was paper white. So what I did was I replaced the white sheet, the color with green in post production. So I turned that into a green screen. Okay. And so he was basically just like a cartoon black figure, you know? Yeah. There are easier ways to do it, but I decided to paint John black. Wait, so that's not how it looked on, on the film. It looked like he was being blacked out digitally. He was blacked out digitally, yeah. He was, I, I raised the contrast really high. Okay, okay. Or really low, I guess. So he would be just a solid black color. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, the, 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 the floating square in the middle of his head. That's, it's, it's <laughs> on TVs, it doesn't show up. But on phones, it does for some reason. Did it show up on your TV? It, it showed up on my computer screen. On your computer the, the screen, floating yeah. square in the middle yeah, of his head. Exactly. Because yeah. you saw it on the big screen. The cinematic, it wasn't on there. And well, I know like what I thought was like a floating square was actually just the white of my eyes. Well, see, no, that was different. There's yeah. a yeah, no, the, there's a square the in your and your, your cranium. There was like a square, a lighter shade of rotating. black. Yeah, uh, and what, what happened was the paint wasn't fully dried, so there's a lot of white glare on that side of the head. Oh, so that would oh. become transparent when we did the special effects. So you had to cover. So I put a black box and I motion pathed it to follow him everywhere he moved, which took literal hours. But for some reason, I didn't double-check to see if it was the same color black as the rest of them. <laughs> oh, no. And so, when I enter in the film festivals, it's going to be pitch black. Yeah. 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 And, and, and there are a couple things I want to fix, but unfortunately, the YouTube video has almost 400 views and over 20 likes. So, like, I can't really delete it and put the new one up. So, I yeah, got to George Lucas it, man. It's yeah, okay. just George Lucas it. Yeah, yeah. I'll add some rocks no. in front of Mark too. That was my original vision. But, yeah, the, the, the actual, like, film <laughs> festival version will have no fucking black square. I, ah! I, I saw <laughs> it. I said, shit, Tristan, shit. But you didn't notice it immediately? I, I didn't notice it, yeah. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, that sucks. It really sucks. That's okay, man. That's okay. Shit happens. You yeah. gotta learn from it, you know? Yeah. You gotta, how much? How, so, so back, back to the um, uh, if 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 I could only fly. Yeah. How much did you learn from that experience that transferred over? Like, like how much of that experience made Boniface what it was, despite how different different movies, different style of movies they were. To be honest, not much. Really? Not. I didn't learn too much from if I only fly. They carried off into Boniface. Just because if I thought if I could only fly, it was really. It was all very spur of the moment, and I wasn't even controlling the camera. My friend Andrew Launderville was the cinematographer for that, so I would tell him what to film. I didn't like doing that, but he wanted me to control the camera, which I was okay with. It was was his camera. We used a tape camera. A really nice tape camera, so we were using actual physical tape. Wow. Yeah, that's why it's so lo-fi looking, because it's actual physical tape. It's not digital at all. Um, It's analog, but... uh, but yeah, so with that, I didn't really learn too much. I carried off into Boniface, and, and even that with like the uh, the script, 
it was really only two pages of script for If I Only Fly. The rest of it was I just filmed shit and I edited it into something. Yeah, a lot of it did seem improv. Yeah, yeah, a lot, yeah, a lot, a lot of it was improv. Lot. And also James, the actor who played Tandy, the cigarette boy, Tandy uh-huh. Man's cigarette boy, he, I love you James, he wasn't that great at memorizing lines, so he had a really hard time with that. Like the, um, the bridge scene where uh-huh. he meets Marlboro Boy. We were on top of that bridge in the middle of June uh, sorry, July, in the middle of July, we were literally on that bridge for two and a half hours. Oh, Jesus filming a, a minute and a half scene. And you, you probably had, like, joggers coming Oh, yeah, a lot of people on bikes, like, trying to get through, because we uh, had, like, four people up there, uh, you know, and, like, a box of, like, props and shit, and it was really stressful. And not only that, but I, I got the worst sunburn on the back of my neck. It was so bad, it actually opened up into a wound and would bleed and, like, scab yeah. over. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to... I, I, I don't have skin cancer from it. The things you do for love. <laughs> exactly. And that turned out to be the worst scene in the movie, so... It's <laughs> really... <laughs> because everybody I talk to, everyone doesn't... No one likes that scene, the bridge scene. Really? A lot of people don't like it. I liked it. Really? Yeah, Thank you so like, much. That's, that's the prior earth. That's that. Camel River? That's, yeah. I fucking... That was... Yeah. Yeah. See, I, I always liked that a lot, but almost See, everyone version? says that's my least favorite scene. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Wow. Yeah, but yeah, a, a lot of it didn't really carry off into Boniface. That's why I was really nervous about making Boniface because it was the first movie that I had like control of the camera over and stuff. You know, uh-huh. like, the first movie I made with like a full script and stuff. Definitely. So I guess maybe some aspects like framing a shot kind of carried off. But like I said, I really wasn't in control of the camera. I just directed the camera. I guess. Which I guess what that is what directors do. Directors don't usually control the camera. That's like the cinematographer, right? They they direct the actors. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, uh, but yeah, if I if I believe Fly was a lot of fun to film, and it, it took over two years to make. Yeah, that's that's what I was gonna touch on because yeah. you were you started like publicizing that too early. Yeah, way too early, early. and yeah. there was like this long drag of yeah. like, when is this actually gonna happen? Is it actually gonna happen? And, and I, I was yeah, it's, it took about two years mm-hmm. for it to actually be released. Yeah, and so that so that's what I got used to in, in terms of your art. So yeah. that when I when I started hearing things about Boniface, I was like, "All right, great, I'm gonna see a new movie in two years." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in then, ten years, I'll see Boniface. And then a couple months later, here it is. Yeah, exactly. So how 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 the hell did it take two years to film a 26 minute film, and then you film the entire hour length feature film in a, in <laughs> in a like single single year? That's, that's yeah, it's half a year basically. Well, what was it? if I if I, I if I only fly was. Uh, the scheduling wasn't very good. All the uh, the people in it had different schedules. Not only that, but there was some problems with the actors, you know, and um, going MIA and stuff. And, you know, so uh, sometimes we couldn't find actors and stuff like that. And not only that, but um, I was a little overwhelmed with all the editing I did. So I get kind of, like, discouraged. And I wouldn't touch it for a couple weeks, you know. Uh-huh. With Boniface, I would... The night we... The, the night of filming, I'd edit the whole scene, you know? But, like, with, um... If I, if I only fly, I, I would get discouraged and, like, be a, kind of afraid to touch it, you know? It was, it was so much work. But then I found out I loved editing, so after that, I was like, I want to edit more. And also, I ran into some legal problems. I wasn't sure if I was going to go to jail, so I, uh, kind of put it off on that. With what? With, 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 with what? I got arrested for possession of weed. Oh! Yeah, yeah. Oh, during, during the first During film. During the filming. So, like... Not while we were filming, but like it happened in my personal life on, on my twenty-first birthday. Oh, that um, sucks. Yeah, and so of course, like nowadays, you don't really go to jail for having four grams of weed on you. Yeah. 
But on the books, it says jail for a year and a thousand dollar fine. If I got a lawyer and stuff, I had to pay six hundred dollars, which was a no probation. No probation. Thank God. Uh, yeah, That's yeah. What they catch you, dude. Yeah, but, but with court fees and lawyer fees, it came out to be like twelve fifty, which really sucked. Better than a year. It's better than a year in prison, a thousand dollar fine. Yeah. But yeah, so like I was really paranoid about going to jail. So I was like, well, I might not finish the movie, you know? Yeah, live life where you can. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But then I got That's, cleared of all charges, and I said, all right, well, back to making the movie. And also, I was like, man, people are waiting for this movie. Like, when I first started filming it, there was a big buzz, like, in my workplace and, like, in my friend groups and people who kind of knew me. They're all asking me about it. And, like, I was like, yeah, it's coming out soon. But, man, it's a forever to release. And, and, and I said after that, I said, never again will I make people wait this long. And also do it to my actors and myself without taking so long, you know? Yeah, yeah. So with Bonhams, I said, we, here's a schedule every Monday and then turn to every Sunday. But I said, this is... This is it, you know. We're, yeah. we're pumping scenes out, you know. Yeah, sausage factory. We're, we're filming this scenes, you know. <laughs> Good shit. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah. If I if I didn't fly, it took a long time because of uh, problems with uh, scheduling and the law and you know, all that, all that shit. Yeah. What are we gonna do? Yeah. And yeah. when I had announced that I was involved with Bought this, I got caught on some buzz too. But like mm-hmm. with work and stuff, people were asking me about it, and it's just like, yeah, well, you know, we're doing production and stuff. And I feel like when it was people who knew Tristan and knew, like, his previous work, like, about if I could only fly, like, I feel like that was one of their apprehensions about mm-hmm. it. But I'm like, I was there saying, like, we're doing this, like, we're almost, like, I would say, like, we're about halfway done or something like that. And, you know, I think it also helps to have, like, a good crew of people or cast of people that are like, yeah, we gotta, yeah. Because I, I would always mention that, like, you know, I got people that want to see this. You know, so there's def- there was definitely a following for that too, and I don't think it would have happened if everyone wasn't dedicated to it. Well, yeah, everyone was so dedicated to the movie, yeah. so dedicated. Yes, yeah. yeah. I mean, Johnny, who played Haldor, he would get to to the uh, shooting day like uh, 15 minutes early than he was supposed to. He was <laughs> he was pumped and ready to go. You know, like, awesome. everyone was so and passionate about it. And I would show up. 15 minutes. No, I didn't know sometimes, <laughs> but I don't like his. Because to be honest, it was <laughs> an hour and a half of it was about an hour of rehearsal, and then three hours of fucking around and hanging out, yeah, and like playing yeah. in my front yard, and then an hour of actual filming. Yeah. So mostly it was just hanging out with friends and stuff. So yeah. it didn't really matter if someone was like thirty minutes late, you know, because we were fucking around anyways. Definitely. But but I definitely think that helped the film because it, it built a camaraderie. Like I think even in a play, it helps to go out with your actors, your fellow actors, go and have a drink or something like that. Even though we didn't go out and get drinks, we stayed at Tristan's house, had dinner and stuff. Thank mm-hmm. you, Jojo. Yeah, um, um, food. Somebody worked pizza. Or yeah. Was on, you know, or, yeah, it would just be we, we built that bond, and that's what I think supported the film so much more was that uh-huh. we all had this connection. Mm-hmm. You know, not only just from high school, but currently, like as we're doing the film, yeah. and we would all talk about oh, like when any anytime we would eat, sit down and eat, we talk about. How, what we thought about the day and what we thought about production mm-hmm. and everything that we enjoyed so far. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I'm sure that has to have a huge impact. Because I mean, if you're if you if you can't stand a person's guts, you hate even looking at them, and then you have to go film a scene like you're their best friend. Yeah, exactly. Well, I I think part of that just falls in line with just like professionalism. Because I have been in certain scenarios, not with this film, not at all with this film. But in certain plays, like, yeah, I've had to work with people that I just couldn't really deal with outside of, but I still tolerated it because, you know, it's not about them, 
it's about, you know, the show. craft. Yes. And someone told me, don't look at those people as roadblocks, look at them as obstacles for you to go over, mm-hmm. for you to overcome and learn to and learn to grow from. Yeah. And that's been helping me out a lot. And also one thing that helps is just to be away from like people who like to gossip about or talk bad about people because everyone goes through their own goes through their own struggles. So mm-hmm. it's like you don't know what people are going through. You know, it's a matter of perspective. And there was one actor that I have known who I did a few shows with, and he had, uh, you know, he just wasn't, he couldn't view, he couldn't see the commitment behind doing a show. He couldn't, uh, you know, he couldn't invest himself into it as much. He wouldn't, you know, bother to learn the lines, you know, word for word or something like that. Because that's something that bothers me, is like, I don't know the lines word for word. And, you know, sometimes the way the line is written is so beautifully written, and I fuck it up because I'm paraphrasing or something. Yeah. Uh, and that's, you know, that's not a big deal. Because, again, like, I'm guilty of that myself. But this same person once committed to a show, committed to a show that he dropped out of, like, in the middle of the run of it. Like, the actual run. Like, it's on stage performing and then I got called in to have to replace that, and like that was just like astounding to me. It was because of uh, like the doc, like knee injury, mm-hmm. and you know the doctor said you shouldn't be on your feet. Quote unquote knee injury. Yeah. It wasn't an injury. It was just like he had problems with his knees. So it, it's just this whole thing of like I get that you're looking out for yourself, but at the same time you agree to commit to something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to, like, you know, commitment, that's your word. And he's not only letting on his team, he's letting on his audience. He's letting yes. down everybody. Yes. And I had to, like, I went in there, like, a, a week before they were, like, that week, you know, that week before the weekend when they performed the shows, I went in there, like, learned my lines, learned the blocking and stuff, and made sure I had it all down pat because I wanted to do my best for that. And, that is, you know, being able to have, work with like-minded individuals is definitely a benefit, but I'm not going to let someone that bothers me get in the way of what I want to do. Yeah. Because it's like, a, this is, it's not about you, it's about the show, it's about me growing as a person. Yeah, yeah, definitely, 100%. Yeah, if you, if you, if, and especially when you're presented with that kind of uh, adversity, the best thing you can do for, for yourself and for your future is to overcome it. Yes, and exactly. It's, it's, it's just taking it as a learning experience. And I also want to say, because we're, we're kind of ignoring the other head to this Cerberus here, because we have, we have, uh, we have if, if I Could Only Fly, we have Boniface, and we also have Vapor's Delight. Vapor's Delight! Vapor's <laughs> Delight! I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, that was, Vapor's Delight was made as like a uh, little appetizer before If I Only Fly was released, because I think Vapor's Delight came out... Uh, December 18th of 2016, I said, yeah, if I, if I, if I only fly coming out in a couple months, here's Vapor's Delight to hold you over. Yeah. If I only fly ended up coming out, coming out literally a year after that. But um, but yeah, Vapor's Delight, for some reason, I didn't want to play it at the premiere just because, one, time constraints. Mm-hmm. And two, I don't know, is it good enough to show on a big screen and for everyone? I mean, I, I love the movie. It's, it's part it, of it makes me laugh hard. Production. It's true, it's true. But also, that was sort of like a sketch more so than a short film. So I don't know if it really belonged at like a, in like a short film like evening, you 
you know, at a movie yeah. theater. But it's not like a funny movie. Yeah. There's some jokes in there that I still quote to this day. Because you guys <laughs> filmed it within that day. Exactly. You? Filmed that. It, it was all improv. Yeah, and so there wasn't that, like, it's something that you have there that when people go on that channel, they mm-hmm. watch Boniface or If I Could Only Fly, and they say, oh, Vapor's Delight by Mondo Bizarro. Yeah. And it's only, like, ten minutes or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, you know? nine minutes, yeah. Yeah, that's, you know, that's definitely something that people can just watch on their own time. Yeah. Um, but it's still, it's... Like I said, it's part of the Cerberus of, of Mondo Bizarro. It's so true, yeah. Know. It's true. I mean, it was a, the, really the first sketch that the company ever put out, you know? Yeah. And whereas If I Could Only Fly is a much more subjective, you know, you take it as you will, like, you know, your viewpoint's just as good as mine about what this message mm-hmm. is for this film. Boniface is the narrative, the, the epic, if you will, yeah, yeah. that you know, the, the feature-length film... And this is the the sketch that that's more improvisational, mm-hmm. more it's comedic in its own way. Yeah, slightly absurdist. Slightly absurdist. Yeah. Well, Boniface was a little absurdist too because it's seven sixteen AD cigarettes and machine guns. Yeah, and like records that. and yeah. But it, you know, so it it all they all sort of fall and in, in, under the same sort of like they all have a very mm-hmm. similar elements yeah. to them. Well, 2019's An Evening with Mono Bizarro might feature uh, Vapor's Delight as like a little maybe a warm-up, you know? Because yeah. hopefully we'll have two more movies to premiere uh, at, at the end of 2019. You're taking on two more movies as a project for the next year. Mm-hmm. Two movies as in like the one that you're planning to do? Yeah, the, the Benjamin Franklin one that we're working on and the Summer, summer Project. Can we get any... Uh... Any kind of info, or is it all on the uh, top project? secret? Top secret, or what? On the summer project, or the Benjamin Franklin one? Both. Okay, well, the Benjamin Franklin one, this is the rough... Uh, I'm having a writing session tonight, actually, uh, later tonight. And what it's going to be is the, the loose outline. I'll just say this. Two friends are playing with a Ouija board in their, like, shed on a stormy night. Very cheesy, you know, like the lightning and the thunder. Like, all horror movies star. It's not a horror movie, but... And they uh, they say, well, we're not channeling any spirits. We need something of worth to offer to the spirit world. And I say, well, all I have is a hundred dollar bill. You know, it's worth a lot of money and hundred dollars. So they place it on there, and they accidentally summon a physical manifestation of Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and so the, the entire movie is, is them having to um, deal with Benjamin Franklin, and also try to get him back into the Ouija board, where he's walking around, and being like, "Oh, <laughs> this is where my electricity brought <laughs> Exactly, exactly. So it's like a big, like kind of like culture shock for him. And it's also a very like, raunchy comedy. You know, he, you know, uh, the real life Benjamin Franklin was a very debaucherous yeah. man. He loved sex and you know, tons of illegitimate kids. Yeah, exactly. And every, all every great inventor does exactly. <laughs> all degeneracy. So in it, you know, he's you know smoking weed and crack and doing heroin and shit and hanging out fours. So that's the that's the Ben Franklin one. It's Stephen Gold who plays Willow Bob will play Benjamin Franklin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I ordered the prosthetics and stuff. Uh, they're coming in the mail tomorrow, so we're going to do a little try on for him, see how he looks. That'll be on Instagram if you guys want to see it uh, when I finally yes. put it on him. Cool. And, and then the one after that was this is actually interesting. Your, your Instagram is. Celestial Tristan Celestial Prince Smith. Yes. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And then the Mondo Bizarro Instagram is Mondo Bizarro MPC. MPC. I didn't even know you guys had a yeah. It's uh, it's for that. it's only active during productions. Yeah. Okay. Um. So yeah. So Mondo Bizarro M as in Mary, P as in penis, and uh, C as in cunt. Great. So uh, yeah. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> but um. And, and then if 
the that's military jargon, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the whiskey tank of foxtrot, but uh, but and then the I'll, I'll make this one as fast as I can. But the sec the second movie for 2019 is a, a little more of a dramatic movie, um, a little more existential. Um, and originally it was supposed to be made instead of Boniface. Really? Um, I was yeah. It was Boniface was only supposed to be like a maybe a fifteen minute movie. Uh, because I was waiting on uh, my film equipment to, to come in, trying to get the money for it and stuff, and buying it. And originally it was going to be a. Um, originally it was going to be a like a February March production, but then I started writing more and more of it, and I said, "Well, Boniface is going to be a full length movie." And originally we were going to film with iPhones because those are actually pretty high quality. Yeah. And then like the film stuff came in, and I said, "Well." I really want to make Boniface now. That's my roommate, Hannah. Hi, Hannah. She's cool. Hi, Hannah. Hi, Hannah. Aww. She's here. Everybody give a hand to Hannah. Woo! Alright, um... I'm sorry. Back to what you were saying. So, with... With, um... With Boniface, it was supposed to be, like, a little warm-up until I could make the big movie I wanted to, which yeah. is... yeah. Dancing Lessons from God. And so then Boniface took took over my life. And I said, well, Boniface is going to be a full length now with all my films <laughs> set up. Yeah. And so, for all intents and purposes, Dancing Lessons from God was put on the back burner indefinitely. I, I knew I was going to make it. And so then after Boniface was done, I said, well, let's make our next summer project, Dancing Lessons from God. Okay. Which is like, um, I think like a, like a 40 page script. Wow. It, it's pretty big. So we're looking at something bigger than Boniface. Yeah, something bigger than Boniface, yeah. Wow. And John, are you are you involved in that as well? He will be. Yeah, that was be. in fact that was the the project that he initially wanted me like he addressed me as like I have this you know this film that I want to do and I want you to be a part of it and I'm like yeah totally I want to be yes definitely and then I hadn't heard from him in a while and I would I would periodically check up like hey just so you know I'm yeah. still interested in stuff mm-hmm. I didn't know exactly what was going on but eventually I came to understand all the logistics everything that the, the, the behind the scenes stuff yeah so this um, is and it also some personal stuff too that I, yeah. I, I told John it can't really be said on the podcast on the pod yeah but uh but yeah so Dancing Lessons from God will be it was written a while ago we're, we're probably gonna make some edits to it and stuff so this this is your real baby this is your real baby. yeah yeah it really was yeah I thought it's also very autobiographical autobiographical too really because around like 2014, I like really struggled with like depression. I was like on like uh, antidepressants and stuff like that. Yeah, and I was really just a big mess. And so a lot of that was put down on paper for the movie. Okay, so it's, so it's pretty personal. It's, it's also funny too, though. I mean, it's yeah. like a talking like radio that like tell, tells the guy to kill himself. And <laughs> so it's pretty kind of existential. It, 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 it's kind of deep. Yeah. So I'm really excited to make that because a lot of people were really kind of disappointed. The people who had read it were pretty disappointed that I wasn't making it anymore. But there was so they were pretty excited why. now that yeah, there's a good reason why. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you that after the pod's over. Okay, yeah, we should be wrapping up here soon. Anytime you want, but uh, so yeah, Benjamin Franklin, that movie's in the works. We're writing the script currently and uh, getting our chickens, uh, ducks in, in a row about that. And then in the summer, we'll have Dancing Lessons from God, weather permitting. Weather permitting. Yeah, I mean, I, I might die yeah, between now and then, you know. But yeah, yeah, yeah so we'll. we'll What's in the slot now, though, is Benjamin Franklin and Dancing Lessons. Awesome. So we all got something to look forward to in the next year. Yeah. yeah. Very exciting man. stuff coming from Armando Bazaar. Man. Awesome. Is there anything else we should look out for? 
from either of you? Any, when it comes to my film stuff, that's about it as of right now. Uh, Boniface will be stuttering. Uh, like I've been saying over the course of the night, it's a film festival. Bill will be entering a lot of film festivals. So uh, if anyone is in the vicinity of a film festival playing Boniface, go see it. I don't really know awesome. uh, which ones will be playing it right now. But South by Southwest? Like, I didn't actually know that Dancing Lessons from God was going to be about, like, sort of about depression and stuff. Oh, yeah. But that was one thing I wanted to talk to you about, like, another film idea. Because I know, like, I got on you about the the whole, like, oh, let's, like, what about a Western stuff? Yeah, um, the Western was floating around in Everglades Western I was thinking about doing, too. That's still in the back burners, but there's yeah. no script, there's no plot for that. But I, I would like to do a Florida Western sometime. But definitely, I, I definitely also wanted to do a play that touched upon, like, depression and, like, yeah. self, the, the essential crisis that people deal with because mm-hmm. like I think you and I both resonate with that because oh, we definitely. both had a heart to heart about that whole scene yeah. you know we, we've, we've all had our ups and downs um, but it's depression. definitely mm-hmm. it, that's definitely like I now that I know that that's what it's about yes I yeah. want to do that because <sighs> yeah. Um, yeah yeah I mean I, I'm sure we all we all every, every human being has their own has their own story to tell about depression mm-hmm. yeah no matter how much of a strong face you put on it's, it's always there exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah well awesome guys i can't wait to see what comes up I'm glad I'm glad I'm thank you so much Ryan, for having me on yeah guys yeah, thanks sure. for coming by yeah. it was a lot of fun. awesome awesome anytime you want to hit me up again I, I, i'd love to Definitely. i'd love to have you guys both yep. out here again guys we went straight joe rogan style hell yeah two and, and a half hours, two and a half hours. Yes. yes yes you ever do d now if you are still listening after all that time uh you have you have my deepest appreciation and honor thank you so much you have got the fortitude of a mental giant because two hours is is a long is a long time to be listening um now if you're still listening to this podcast and you still haven't seen boniface I don't know what the hell you're doing with your life. Go check it out. It's awesome. And uh, while you're at it, check out If I Could Only Fly, Mondo Bizarro Moving Picture Company's first uh, film. And uh, you know what? Show them some love. Like like their videos and uh, subscribe to the channel because they will have more content coming out before you know it. I'm really excited to see their next uh, film. Uh, I don't know if they have a title yet for it. I just can't remember. But uh, it's going to involve uh, uh, Benjamin Franklin, and uh, I'm pretty excited to see what Tristan Smith has in store. And uh, yeah, guys, thanks for listening. I'll hear from you all next time, or you'll hear from me.